Oh, dear. We got the fell in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for a good way to kick us off and just sit in silence till it happens. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oh Dear, presented by Bose Bar and Stage. Episode 24 already. Uh, we're stacking them up pretty quickly, which means... Sooner or later, we're bound to have a good one. So let's just keep at it. Uh, maybe this is it. I'm Ted Emmett coming to you from Communal Creative Studios in downtown Red Deer. Thank you for tuning in once again for this very special food-related episode, food-themed, I guess I should say, because I'm already having a hard enough time with this whole fast food-free February. So let's make it a little harder by talking about food for two hours straight. Good idea, Ted. But we have a great interview coming up with Chef Phil Mayo, who recently moved here from England. Uh, really interesting stuff there. He's in the house right now as well, or studio or whatever. So welcome, Phil. Uh, welcome to Canada. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Cheerio, Phil. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's great to be in a place where minus 40 is the norm and your eyeballs freeze and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little, a little preview of, uh, well, delightful Phil. Maybe that'll be his pet name instead of Chef Phil. Anyways, no more spoilers. We get a great look into the culinary world there uh, with Phil and just, again, someone moving here recently from a a whole different continent uh, and what Red Deer is like for him. So joining me on this fantastic voyage, as always, chef boy, are you an idiot? Dustin Moore, how's it going? <laughs> Hi. Lundy Hi. not like that one. Yeah, Lundy bent his knees really <laughs> weird. And <laughs> I, I'm i good, though. I, you know, it was my mom's birthday yesterday. Shout out, mom. Yeah. 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 You guys like that one? Happy birthday to any found- moms who had a birthday this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll cover us. Yeah. yeah. We found out we're having a baby boy, so we're going to be having the million dollar family. So that's Congrats, super, buddy. that's super fun. Super Bowl's coming up. It's probably done by now the Rams sure. have won 35 21 so yes that's a that's a sweet bet for me 35 28 and it's funny that we're going through you know this interview with Phil because I almost cut my finger off this morning with uh with a butcher's knife cutting a bagel so uh <laughs> had a tough start to the day but I'm here with you guys I've met Phil a couple times now we got Andrew in studio and Heron's here too so things are going great yeah, Phil gets a struggle. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for taking half my script in the intro. You're though. welcome. I appreciate it. Yeah. So over to uh I hope it wasn't just the food related pun in general that you didn't like, Lund, because we're we're gonna keep them going. A guy who still needs a step stool when he wants to help out in the kitchen, Kevin Walsh. How's it going? Oh, you threw me off. I thought <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was gonna, gonna be something about him. <laughs> Wait, this sounds a little awful lot like Kevin Walsh. <laughs> For the record, Ryan Lund is only like an inch taller than me. Yeah, it's a it's game true. of inches, buddy. <laughs> and you lost. Yeah, I lost. <laughs> Thanks. But how are you? Yeah, I I'm good, I guess. <laughs> and well, old Dillweed himself, Ryan Lund. How's it going? <laughs> Ted, I'm hungry for a good time. <laughs> you've been, you've been yeah, yeah. and it was so good. Yeah, I'm. I hope. I hope, I hope Chef Fell can deliver today. I'm not sure what he has in store for the interview, but I'm looking forward to it. I don't. I don't think Chef Phil works for Skip the Dishes. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he should. Yeah. Skip the Dishes delivers everywhere. We actually went to Phil, if, if anything. But we'll we'll get to that uh, over on the couch. With absolutely fantastic hair, and we actually we actually are talking about coworker Aaron this time. I guess we know how your day was, but why don't you tell us anyways? 
So after all of the well deserved, well deserved notes, I'll call them on my hair. Yeah, pointers. Few, yep. Just gently telling me that I need a little bit of help. We actually did have a, a salon, masterpiece salon, reach out and <laughs> offer to give me some hair help. So I went in today um, for a little bit of a spring refresh with Angie, and it was wonderful. It's a beautiful new salon. They just opened up in October over by Westerner Park. And we did a tone, a hydrating mask, a cut, and a style. And I'm someone who doesn't get my hair done very often. I go <laughs> every once a year or so to, to have it highlighted and, and trimmed. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> no, we knew. <laughs> we knew. <laughs> Guys, come on. We knew. But for anybody who is like me and really puts those services off, this kind of spring refresh was fantastic and just really took the brassiness out of my hair. It feels so much healthier, especially with how dry it's been this winter. And they gave me a cookie afterwards. So it was, oh. uh, and a paraffin hand wax. So thank you so much to Masterpiece Salon. It was an absolute delight to be there. And I could not be more pleased with how it turned out. I can't believe it worked. The whole <laughs> It's Man, not absolutely make, helpless. You guys need to make fun of me more for living in Lund's basement. And then maybe finally Andrew will just give me a house. I don't think that's how real <laughs> oh, estate okay. works, man. Fine. But Aaron, can I just say your hair has just a delightful bounce and glow to it today. <laughs> Thank so you, do they Does Masterpiece do men's haircuts or is it just women? No, they will do men and women. And they've got a really like a full service salon there. So absolutely give them a call. Because you had all four of us at Cookie. Yeah. That's, <laughs> well, that's actually, a nice little tie into this episode, too. Yeah, they, they are. They're really great people there. Dustin, if you remember, now back, it was forever ago, the last ladies gala we did for the Optimist Club. We actually, we served their table. We also served Aaron's table and paid no attention to Aaron or her table because they were uh, they were a ton of fun that night. So, not surprised they reached out. I think that's pretty cool. And yeah, thank you, Masterpiece, that uh, we don't have to look at like a wet dog on top of Aaron's head all night. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's just, Aaron, you're that's really just like, so mean. Look, it is. Look at Andrew's face right now. <laughs> this is a safe place. Yeah, unless you're I Aaron's promise Aaron and I are great friends, I promise. Right? Maybe? We're no. great friends. No, it's true. It's yeah. true. <laughs> Bouncing back from my really mean joke to Aaron, you're living the hashtag influencer life now. So, congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. I have one question though. Did you tell him your name was Aaron or did you just say, I'm Ted's friend? Uh, no, I did tell them my name and then I went, I'm here for like the podcast thing. <laughs> it was another super awkward interaction. Yeah, I didn't even, I just let Aaron deal with all of it too. So Dustin already, already hinted at this and by hinted just said it, but with a brand new partnership agreement that number one on his list was hanging out with us in studio, which, hey, we're, we're more than happy to have you as well. So, Andrew Russell, thank you for renewing and uh, welcome back to the studio. We're going to hear from you a little later on as well, but yeah, welcome. It's great to be back, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Blew it again. Hasn't lost a step. Yeah. <laughs>
So as always, last but certainly not least, we have Ryan and Riley from Communal Creative Studios here. First of all, big shout out to Riley because we did go across the street for the interview. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so thank you, Riley, for that. You continue to be way, way nicer to us than you should. I thought I had a bunch of different words, but you are the best. And huge congratulations in order to Ryan because you, oh, you may have seen oh, this. Oh, thanks, Ted. You're Lund. <laughs> I've never once called you Ryan, but thanks for ruining the moment. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that is my name but oh, whatever <laughs> okay ryan cooley from communal creative studios by bose was just announced you may have seen this if not either way we're very excited to say it again announced as the new bass player for one bad son which is incredible so congratulate yeah studio applause yeah yeah, don't get too comfortable in your chair because we are pulling you in here right now to talk about it. And I didn't tell you about this before because I knew you would say no. Yeah, pause your Zelda game and get your ass over here. <laughs> Again, we, we didn't tell you about this because we knew you'd say no, but we just want to talk about it a bit because... Hey, this is incredible. Like, this is not a, a small deal at all. One Bad Son, pretty incredible band. They're from Saskatchewan, so they're Canadian. Uh, again, Scarecrows is honestly one of my favorite songs ever, so I'm really excited for you. But just talk about it a bit because you had to keep this secret a long time. Yeah, I uh, played a string of shows with them right before COVID hit. Uh, I was actually supposed to play the music festival f attached to the Junos with them the day like the NHL got shut down oh. uh, in 2020. I haven't known since then, but we communicated back and forth. Uh, and just like things happened over COVID and this and that. And I don't know, luck of circumstance, I guess. You know, I've known those guys for a long time. It's a kind of a small rock and roll community when you get up to the people that are still touring in this day and age. So you could say it, when you're a big deal, it becomes a small uh, community. Nah, yeah. not that big of a deal. So, so how did you actually meet those guys? Uh, through the wild. So there's a band from Kelowna called the wild. That's just another rock and roll band that I've toured with lots. And like I said, small music community. And uh, yeah, that's, I met them through there and through Bose too. They've played Red Deer. They've had like 13 or 14 sold out shows in a row in Red Deer from the VAT all the way up to Bose and beyond. So I've worked close to most of those shows too. So as you know, not a music guy myself. <laughs> So when this was announced, because I was totally unaware that this has happened for a while, I asked some coworkers and some people that I'm close with, you know, how is one bad son? Are they awesome? And they're like, this is like awesome. This is such a, and so I'm so pumped for you. Oh, number man, one. Thank you. Number two, how hard you and Riley work. I'm like, oh, is Ryan guy? I think I texted Ted and I was like, is Ryan, like, we're going to lose Ryan? And they're like, oh no, he's just going to keep doing that and keep doing his bow stuff <laughs> yeah, and yeah. keep doing his creative oh god i can never get this right he's gonna keep working in this studio in this studio <laughs> that has a name that we yeah it's uh <laughs> it's get organized or die now <laughs> um uh yeah it's you know there's a lot going on but it's not out of the realm of i start this is a joke uh, i've heard on the podcast that we do for the music side of things too like you get into music when you're younger so you never have to have a real job and now i have five jobs <laughs> that are like all going at the same time so it's it's like yeah you gotta stay organized do your best. And it's a cool band too because uh, one of the drummer that they've been on, he's been on the road. The stage is really cool too. Yeah. He's a lawyer as well. So it's kind of a yeah. cool group of people. Yeah, like Kurt is a, is a fountain of knowledge. Uh, Shane too, the front man, is a, he's a comic book artist as well. Yeah, everybody in the band has cool other artsy things they do on the side. So Shane drew like the number one independent book in the United States last year. Wow. A book called Nottingham. Um, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's a cool team because we all 
got lots of other shit going on. So it's cool to collaborate in that in that regard. And you're part of the whole deer podcast. <laughs> so, I mean, you all are have some pretty impressive stuff uh, on your resume. So it's thanks, a tie. Buddy. You guys are all <laughs> equally creative and good at what you do. Hey, man, I just wake up every morning and do cool shit. That's <laughs> yeah. all we're trying to do. That should be the name of your next album. <laughs> Is, was that you on the internet? Everyone talks about doing cool shit. When yeah. It comes time to doing cool shit. Everyone's a bitch. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's actually real true. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are pretty good at it. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks, Ryan, for popping in. We'll let you get back to, to your Nintendo over there. Doing I, beat, cool I beat Ocarina of Time already. Oh, so. wow. You got through I the water temple? Oh, yes. You're even more talented. <laughs> okay, that's, so he had six jobs, but now, uh, now that's down off to his five. plate. Yeah. Sounds pretty organized to me. Yeah. So again, a pretty cool thing there. And it's kind of almost like an early Glad game because obviously we're, we're pretty happy for him. And that's awesome to see that happen. But now we will move in to the actual Glad game. The Glad Game is brought to you by Corey Kloss of RBC Dominion Securities, helping families reach their wealth management goals since 2013 by creating a straightforward, clear path. If you have any questions about your current investments or need a plan to reach or maintain retirement, reach out to Corey and his team at RBC Dominion Securities today. All right. So lots of things to be glad about. Um, and this one kind of, uh, at least for three of the four of us, we kind of experienced this and well, just this past weekend. But one thing I'm really glad for in general and this experience I'm going to talk about just remind me of it is just the parents, the volunteers out there that have really kept, especially this year, youth sport, youth organizations, anything like that going. Because obviously COVID has been a tough run for everyone, but seeing organized sport be shut down for a while and the effect it's had on kids. And I know Dustin and, and well, Walsh, probably you can uh, attest to that. But this past weekend, uh, the president of our Piper Creek Optimist Club, Gavin Heinz, put on this uh, huge hockey tournament. It was the U13, uh, what was it, Red Deer U13 Classic? Yeah, so the so the Piper Creek Optimist Club took it over and renamed it. And yeah, Gavin Heinz is the, the, the main guy that spearheaded it. Yeah, and so what happened, Gavin... And we didn't even know this at first. Doesn't have like his son is in U11. So just with through his role with Red Deer Minor Hockey, he got to the point where it was like, hey, either this tournament's going to like, I'm going to have to run this tournament myself or it's not going to happen. So he stepped up. He's a very busy guy, has kids in sports, president of our Optimist Club this year too. Stepped up and basically almost by himself ran this tournament. I know Lund, you helped out from the Optimist side because he worked it in so that the Optimist Club uh, raised some pretty good money from this tournament and going to be able to to put even more into the community. But I think just, I don't know, stuff like that fires me up because he had no reason to really to do that other than the fact that he got to the point where it was me or nobody. And he probably could have said, well, it's nobody and no one would have batted an eye. Um, And being at that tournament, both as a volunteer and then Dustin and I can talk about about the other uh, appearance we made at that tournament, uh, but just being there and seeing the over you know twelve teams, over two hundred kids, how excited they are, it just reminds me like okay, well, and now I guess as of tonight, we won't really talk about it too much because it's going to be old news. But things are going back to normal, and I think to see that uh, was pretty awesome. So props to you, Gavin, but also anyone who's listening who does you know if you help out at a tournament, you volunteer for your kids' team, anything like that. Uh, just seeing that it's nice to see kids having fun. You hit it nail on the head by saying. Everyone who's involved in these different committees or different spearheading activities for these kids or, you know, I just think like internally in our group here, how many boards this group sits on or initiatives that this group and Andrew and Aaron are involved in. That's, you know, fantastic for 
for the outcomes that happen for some of the people like the optimist club is a is a huge huge supporter of youth in central alberta and youth initiatives and it's happening everywhere so everywhere in alberta everywhere in canada everywhere in europe eh phil um <laughs> but uh <laughs> phil doesn't know what's good he's been in red deer the last uh, year and a half yeah man. i know but just <laughs> just everyone who's stepped up you know for sure in the last two years but anytime you've been a part of an event or in a, a committee or a board it's a lot of work that goes into it and a lot of work that goes into different events to to really make sure that the youth are having good experiences and hopefully like ted said as we kind of come out of this pandemic hopefully it stays like that we can keep giving these experiences to to really raise the mental health of of these kids yeah just to piggyback off dustin's comments i mean i i have kids in various ages and in different sports and um this last you know eight months or kind of since last summer where things have been a little bit back to normal and then when school went back in they didn't really cancel any of the sports they're not really altered too much so that's i mean it's scary at times as a parent um, and with COVID floating around, but at the same token, you know, it's really great that the kids have been able to just have some normalcy in their lives. Like, you know, I have a three-year-old and for two years of his life, it's been COVID. Like when you step back and think about it, it's it's actually pretty crazy. And so, yeah, just that sense of normalcy that sports and just activities provide. And um, so, yeah, thank you to all those people that are making it happen behind the scenes. And speaking of tournaments, shout out Andrew Russell, whose team won a U11 tournament this past weekend too. So pretty much a legend. Woo woo. Four and oh and on a seven game winning streak, I think I saw on Instagram. That's right. Yeah, and big shout out to the assistant coaches of that team. <laughs> who really who really brought the team together and they really raided yeah. the head coach that weekend. <laughs> there is something to be said for what you guys are talking about. Um the ability for these kids to to get together and, and still play hockey, go to tournaments and bond during those times is is massive. Uh it's just a little bit of normalcy, you know, in an otherwise uh, kind of strange time when they're stuck wearing masks masks, you know, at school and everywhere else. Our kids had a blast. Uh, the tournament was really well organized. And, you know, it's funny, like I, I see the relationships of these kids change after tournaments where they come back and they're closer at the rink. They're better friends, right? They're growing. Um, to be able to have that in their lives is so important right now. And I mean, they get these experiences on the water slide when they're 11. Wait till they're 35 and at a <laughs> golf tournament and on the water slides together. Where, how'd you get that bruise? Oh, <laughs> where's Lund's swim trunks? Oh, oh, yeah. It gets better, Andrew. Keep telling your sons that. Yeah, my swim, swim trunks were on my person. I can tell you that the, the coaches... <laughs> <I> your person? <laughs> I can tell you that the coaches uh, got good use of the water slide at the hotel this weekend. Nice, nice. But really, and you talk about, too, for the parents to have that experience, too. So, Dustin, you and I saw the full thing kind of incognito because one of the cool things about this tournament was they managed to get the, the woolly bully suit from the Rebels and Barkley from the Bulldogs, but no one to wear them. And we we got to start fucking saying no to more things. You know what? I loved it. Yeah, and you too. did too. The kids, you know, as you're going around, everyone kind of in Red Deer knew Wooly Bully. I'd say for the most part, they knew who Barkley was or the Black Falls Bulldogs, which is pretty cool with how new the team is. But just having those two in the building and, and going into the different dressing rooms and the away teams even kind of knew who who both teams were and, and how awesome it was. Some of the kids are like, eh, no thanks. But for the most part, in the lobbies and stuff, the parents were loving it. The, the, the grandmas, the grandpas were 
were loving it. You're giving out hugs everywhere. You know, <laughs> the, one of the funniest stories actually, we were in there for about an hour, I'd say, in the, in the costumes. Like nine. <laughs> and uh, so we go back, we change, and, and obviously Ted's a little sweatier of a guy than than myself. Thank you for just saying. You don't have to. You don't have to. Okay, nice. yeah. Ted was, was soaked. I was he, he was soaked, and and we come out in the lobby, and and there were some parents with. Uh, I think they had you know some of the children that were with us the whole time. It was awesome. They were great kids, and they really enjoyed having the mascots there. She goes, "Can can we hire you to come back like at two forty five? Like this is awesome." And we're like, <laughs> oh, I didn't hear we're that. like, I I don't know. And she's like, "Well, it looks like you guys are all showered up." And Ted goes. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't showered. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a ton of fun, and I think like, I have so much respect. I said this last episode too for for the character actors. Think about it in like Disneyland or Disney World. Oh my god, we were inside like one of the coldest rinks probably in Central Alberta, and I was man, I I was skinny for a day after <laughs> after I was in there. It was, uh, but it was a ton of fun. I again, not something I would do all the time, but a fun experience, and, and honestly grateful to get to do it because man, we made a lot of people's day and it was great i gotta say one last thing because one other thing made my day and that was when we first went into the dressing room and ted first pulled out this red deer rebel woolly bully suit and we start getting dressed and i've put on the barkley suit before at, at the bulldogs games and, and so i kind of know what i'm doing and ted is completely blind to what this woolly bully costume is and what he needs to do and so it has the pants and the pant covers and the shoes and he's asking me all these questions like do you think i gotta wear my shoes in these things like and he's got the suit on zip me up in the back and he finally <laughs> gets it on he goes oh morsey can't get my pants on <laughs> it's like how tall do you think this guy is and where's the wooly bully suit i oh i i do i know him and he is yeah he's twice the man i am for for doing it all the time but half the man i am in size so yeah it was uh and yeah just there's weird piece i didn't know what went there it was like man is this like this is like a crime scene there's just body parts everywhere <laughs> i don't know what to do so yeah that was our experience and uh Oh, we've done a really good job on shortening the glad game, haven't yeah. we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's okay. That's it's good vibes. That's all we're talking about. So uh, I've I've just seen the photos and a few videos, and it looks like you guys did a great job. Uh, I know you guys were playing mini six with two two young girls, probably two sisters of the kids that were playing. They were having a blast, and I'm sure the parents just loved it. So uh, kudos to you guys, and can't wait to see you at next year's tournament. All right. So with that, now we're going to move into, he is sitting right here, but earlier tonight we went across the street. So uh, Chef Phil, that's, that's, you're going to find out that's my name for him. That's all I'm ever going to call him. Works across the street, the head chef at Occam's Razor. So yeah, we're going to go across the street right now for our sit down with him. What we're gonna tense, what tense are we in, man? Wait. We're past tense. Hey, we're going to figuratively. We're in the, we're in the yeah. past. I can fix it. Watch this. So we've already done it. So we're going to fast. We're going to now travel back through time and go across the street to our interview with Chef Phil. Don't get lost in the quantum realm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Is that the only reason why you wanted me no. to do that? No, I was I was confused. Yeah. Like, have we no, done the interview no, or have we it. not done I the interview? It. All right, two weeks in a row on location across the street. So you know we traveled a long way for this one at Occam's Razor with Chef Phil Mayo, and as Dustin likes to call him, Vincent. Uh, he wanted to have his own coworker Aaron moment. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, Phil, first of all, thank you for having us over here. No, thank you for thank you for having me to do the podcast with. This is awesome. So let's uh, 
address the elephant in the room right now. You are not from Red Deer. <laughs> I'm going to yes. say that. <laughs> what? I've, I've said 10 words yeah. and you've already picked that out. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm from the UK. I'm from England, Southwest England in particular, uh, a county called Gloucestershire. Uh, moved to Cheltenham when I was 22, 23 for work. It's in a place of natural beauty called the Cotswolds. Rolling hills, pretty fudge box looking stuff like what you imagine of the UK. That's what it is. It's not the concrete jungle and the chavs. It's that. So it's lots of pretty stuff there. I'm uh, uh, I'm picturing Hogwarts right now, Phil. How how close am I? That's yeah, without the castles, but with the landscape and without the owl delivery service, you're basically there. Like okay. the train ride to Hogwarts is what it looks like. Oh, uh, okay. That's what I'm. Picturing. Yeah, realistically, yeah. yeah, it's that sort of rolling hills and all that like pretty stuff that everyone just gushes over, basically. Uh, so what what brought you to Red Deer? I think you said you've been here about a, a year and a half. Now. Yeah, so I've been here about a year and a half. Um, I moved for love. Oh, yeah, I know. Everyone cue it. Did you have it or to find it? I, I had it. Okay. No, so um, I was living in the UK and my girlfriend was studying law in the same town that we lived in. We started dating for a year and a half and she had a job lined up in Red Deer. She's born and raised here. And she said to me, she's like, I'm moving back to Red Deer, Alberta. Do you want to come? <laughs> so it took me a couple of Googles. I had to look up Red Deer. First off, that just brings you animals. <laughs> Secondly, I Googled Alberta because no one's taught me provinces. I thought Canada was just <laughs> Canada. Like I didn't realize you guys are all like split up into different provinces. So I Google all the provinces and I Google Alberta and it comes up with Calgary, Edmonton, Canmore and Banff and the Rockies. And I was like, this is gorgeous. Sign me up. This looks amazing. Oh man. And I was like, yep, yeah, set, golden. And as we were landing, I looked out the plane window in Calgary and I could see the earth curve. And I was like, I was promised rocks and a lot of them don't see what I was promised. <laughs> it's just flat. And as we're driving from Calgary to Red Deer, um, Natalie, my now fiance, she looked, points out the window and she goes, see those really small triangles way off in the distance? Those are the rocks that you saw. <laughs> and at that point, I realized that Alberta as a province is five times the size of my home country. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. It's huge. It's one of the hardest things I've had to wrap my head around is just space. Because in the UK, like everyone's built on top of each other. Like we're all quite condensed. While here, everyone has a good sized yard. There's just like from the drive from here to Sylvan even, we had to pull over the first time because it's the first point in my life I saw horizon to horizon with nothing in the way <laughs> at the, the tender age of about 25 i was like i've never witnessed this like i've lived in europe all of my life i've just seen buildings and skyscrapers for most of it and now it's just nothing and it was it was quite refreshing it's kind of cool to see i can now i can actually prove that the earth is round because i've seen it dip off the edge of a farmer's field take that flat earthers <laughs> <laughs> I wonder that's how many me getting a lot of comments in about yeah. two weeks time from a society somewhere so and so Dustin and I met with you uh, about a week ago now because um, you reached out to us, uh, you know, wanted to, to do some fun stuff with us with the podcast. And again, Dustin's co-worker Aaron's story, he's just hanging out at the bar drinking his his beer from Doortender right now because I'm sure he didn't want the story to come up. But we were having lunch with Phil and then going to Saks Thrift Ave to do an interview that night with Vincent. And Dustin goes in right away, just his confident 
Dustin's self and goes, oh, it's nice to meet you, Vincent. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, Dustin, that's not Vincent. And I got to tell you, that is one large face to go completely red. <laughs> it did. <laughs> but now, you, now, Dustin, you know the difference. You, you should have just played along and then revealed it in this interview. <laughs> and that way for the full week, he would have been thinking you're Vincent the whole time. There was a part of me, like, as I got to the table and Dustin said Vincent, I thought I got the wrong table of guys because there was another <laughs> table of two guys in the corner and I was like, I'm at the wrong table. <laughs> yes, Vincent. And I'm here for... <laughs> but one of the things we learned too, actually, we learned a little bit about Red Deer from you mm-hmm. at that lunch because since you've moved here, you've really taken in everything there is to know about Red Deer and really trying to learn learn the city, which I think we can all take a little bit of a lesson from you on that. Yeah, I mean, it's... I've always, I don't know if it's like ADHD or whatever, but I've always liked to hyper-focus on a topic. So food was one for years. And as soon as I wanted to move to Red Deer, I started focusing on the history, like the architecture, everything of like historic downtown, like all the little signs you have out everywhere. I've read most of them at this point. If they had if they had trading cards, I would have collected them. <laughs> I'm probably going to get a tattoo of the old train station at the bottom here at some point yeah. in my life. Like, Where are you going to get that tattoo? I feel like a full back caboose. piece. Oh, yeah. No, because then you could like from downwards you could just have like a train track and then it can go over the shoulder and then just all of historic downtown down the front it would work you should see if the city will sponsor that tattoo yeah. for you i mean yeah. realistically on ross street patio if they didn't do music for one day and i just got a full body piece yeah. out oh, in the yeah. sun there'd be a if, crowd yeah i mean sure. as long as i get some money off my uh, city tax for the next year through advertisement <laughs> i would i'd be down you'd be a walking billboard so yeah but i'd have to be shirtless so there's a problem for everybody else <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sure. I'm sure. If if we if the tattoos as good as you're making it out to be, I'm sure your 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 body would work for it yeah. just fine. If anyone can teach you how to be shirtless as much as possible in public, it's Ryan Lund. So, <laughs> yeah, I can give you a hands. couple tips. Yeah. Step one: drink, <laughs> and that's it. Step yeah. two: wear a flamingo shirt. Step three: let nature happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I introduce you, Chef Phil. It's not yeah. just like a cute pet name I have for you. <laughs> I mean, maybe it is. <laughs> I mean, now, now I want it to be yeah, at this it's point. It's both, yeah. You're does, in my phone as Chef Phil, so. Does your fiance call you Chef Phil? <laughs> no, I've had one of those rules that like, I'm not called Chef outside of this building. And even in this building, it makes me cringe a little bit. I've worked with a couple of people like through the years where they had that, I'm Chef in the kitchen, I'm chef in a bathing suit, I'm chef in the store. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. Yeah. Like there's very That's weird. It's kind of weird to <laughs> a certain extent because there's now what we call like the old guard of chefing, where you have like the Gordon Ramsays, for example. You know, people that shout at you, abuse you. I've got a scar underneath one uh, my lip here where I had a pan thrown up my face once. <laughs> By yeah. Gordon Ramsay. Not by oh. Gordon Ramsay, but someone that wanted to try and act like him at one point. Wow. So after seeing all of that, I kind of decided that I didn't want to go down that route for like the next young sort of workforce that would come into my kitchen because I didn't enjoy it. So I would feel like they probably also wouldn't. So I just, I go by Phil primarily, but Chef Phil is also a cute, cute yeah. name. I'll take it. I, I did have somewhere to go with that. And I, well, I let <laughs> myself get sidetracked but because you are, you're a, a trained chef. I don't know what the terminology is, I guess, in England, but tell us a bit about your food journey and obviously a, a bit of a change going from England to Canada in general. Yeah. I mean, so I started working in kitchens when I was 15, which was kind of illegal at the time. <laughs> you're meant to be 16. So when I first went in, cause I went in for a dishwashing job and the first time the head chef looked at me he goes how old are you and i was like 15 and he said 
And if anyone apart from me asks, I was like, 16. He goes, good, you're hired. <laughs> so I was washing. the first test. So um, I started working in kitchens as dishwasher for a few years and then went to college in the UK to study to be a chef. I did two and a half years of that. Also got at the same time an ABC degree in professional patisserie. So I'm a trained pastry chef. So we make bread from scratch, pastries, uh, a lot of French and European influence within that. Worked a lot in the UK, bounced around from country pubs to large corporate events, wedding catering, just like dipping my toes in different ponds, seeing which one I enjoyed the most. We, I went from a large scale place that we did like 300 people a night to a small restaurant that we did a 12 course tasting menu wow. for 20 people. So this tasting menu would take about four and a half hours and it's a marathon for the person eating it, let alone us guys like sort of preparing it and serving it. While I was there, we won the best new restaurant in the country. Oh, so that, that was pretty wow. wild. Yeah. I was the pastry chef there and that was that was a journey. That was fun. But it was, you know, you're doing 18 hour days, sleeping for four hours and then rolling back into work. At one point, a couple of us just got um, camping cot beds and just slept in the building because you would then <laughs> save the 10 minute walk and you can get an extra 10 minutes of sleep. <laughs> so it was a lot full on at that point. And I sort of forged through that and went into the management side, started running a couple of pubs in the UK, ran a restaurant, sort of as a head chef role, not actually purchasing it, but just working as the management side. And then at that point, COVID happened and sadly, the hospitality sector had basically flopped. So I lost my job. And during the period between losing my job and getting my visa approved, I was just doing what everyone else did during the start of COVID, watching Tiger King, baking banana bread and (laughs) making overnight oats. And it, it was great. But at that point, I realized that through working so much, I had no hobbies. So I just sat there one day just staring at the clouds and I was like, I have nothing that fills my time. So I ended up buying Minecraft, (laughs) which, yeah, a couple of the guys, if you have younger kids, may understand the Minecraft, but I wasted two and a half, three weeks. And then I realized that I have nothing to show for it apart from these (laughs) digital little blocks. So I gave up on that. And then I was allowed to move to Canada because I had to have a job to enter the country because I needed to be deemed as essential travel. And to actually get into the country was a whole problem. I will never go back to Amsterdam. I refuse to go back to Amsterdam. <laughs> they nearly denied me entry to Canada from Amsterdam. Just because you you couldn't prove employment or what was It was reason? so I had... I will say now, um, my fiance, Natalie, she's a trainee lawyer. She's doing her articles now. So she organized everything. This binder was color coded, date coded. <laughs> it had everything you could ever need. And there was a flight attendant for an airline. I won't say which one, but it is in Amsterdam and it flies to Calgary. Sunwing. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we can usually, play, we can play the guest them. game. But <laughs> it's usually Sunwing. That's just, yeah. So I stand in the line. And this guy comes up and he's like, do you have all your documentation? So yeah, here's my passport. And he goes, why are you flying to Canada? I was like, well, I have a work permit to go and get because I have a letter of employment and I have everything ready to go. He looks and he's like, but you don't have your work employment. You don't have your work permit. So you're not coming. And I was like, well, I'm kind of stood in the middle of Amsterdam, a city I've never been to before with all of my worldly possessions on the plane and not a lot of euros, oddly enough. (laughs) And he was like, yeah, you're not getting on, but Natalie so you two need to say goodbye my mind went blank like do you know when you have that moment that something happens and you stare off into space and you start making a thousand and one plans like for me it was stage one how do i get to the city center (laughs) do i jump the railings do i walk do i try and hail a cab natalie's fighting my corner we walk up to the customer service desk and this lady's like well if the gentleman said that you can't enter he can't enter his word is final and 
I'm still in pure silence, like mind racing at this point. And the woman looks at me at the customer service desk and she goes, do you speak English? I was like, yeah, yes, I do. <laughs> and she goes, well, I'll deal with you because it's your case. And I was like, awesome. And I'll point you to my legal representative. <laughs> and I went back to being quiet again. And after a little argument between the customer service lady and the gentleman again, I was allowed on the flight. And as soon as that plane door closed, my anxiety level dipped. <laughs> I was expecting like a couple of police officers to walk in and just be like, so we heard that there was a, a little bit of a discussion at the line back there. But no. So as soon as I landed in Canada, got the work permits all signed, sealed and delivered. Been here ever since. I'm just picturing like a viral video, video of you like refusing to get off the aircraft <laughs> and getting dragged down the aisle. I'm like starfishing. Yeah. Like I'm wrapping my hand <laughs> around someone's headrest. Live in the airport like that Tom Hanks movie. That was yeah. my that oh, was yeah. my last case idea. I was like, <laughs> I can collect the trolleys, get the quarters, get a Burger King. It's all going to be fine. Yeah. And then I'll just take it a day at a time. Yeah. Natalie will come back every every six months to say hi and you'll yeah. just hang out in the airport. Yeah. She'll, she'll have a day trip out. We'll hang out in the airport. Yeah. I don't know. The airport has free Wi-Fi so I can at least Skype. <laughs> yeah. So to put it into short, about 10 years in the industry and moved here, ended up working in a couple of places throughout the city and then managed to get the head chef role at, here at Occam's Razor, where now I run the kitchen here with one other guy who helps on the weekends. We do a lot of food science. So we make our own vinegars. We do our own fermentation. We smoke our own meats. Uh, our cheeses are made in house. Like a lot of cool, interesting little things that we do that we're just able to. And we just do a little bit of food science. So coming over from from the UK, what what do you think the biggest difference is from the food over there to the food that you've you've seen here in Canada? Are we talking Canada or Red Deer? Because <laughs> I just I just want to be sure that we know where we're landing on this. Is it Canada or oh, Red, Red Deer? Deer? I would yeah, say Red Deer. Yeah, sure. Let's go Red Deer. Yeah, I would say that Red Deer has a lot of options and it has a lot of very rounded options. But I feel like the UK just has a bit more of a diversity where we would have different... I think it might be also down to the fact of like so much more history has gone into the UK. Obviously, through time and Europe being so close, we have a lot more influence and we have trade that's easier. So we get European meats, French cheeses, all of that stuff, and it's pretty cheap. Rather than here where it's more of a, a more expensive item just because of the distance it's got to travel. Right. I would think that the UK has a bit more of that diversity, but also it's a bit more affordable in that sense, just because there's less transportation transportation costs. While in Canada, you have two or three larger distribution companies. So you have Gordon's Food Service and Cisco. While in the UK, I was used to dealing with like farms hand on. So like I would know a farmer in the local area. I would know a fisherman in the local area. We would have like a local company that would do all the vegetables. And we had a bit more of that rounded choice rather than just whatever is on the website, whatever can fit in the truck. And you, you kind of get what you get and you make it from that. So we just had a bit more diversity realistically do you find uh, now that you're here in red deer and you know i know probably your job here uh, even just looking at your your instagram page which is pretty much food porn like it's so nicely <laughs> plated and probably oh, thank you again you know there's us at home with half a thumb in a picture look at this spaghetti <laughs> i boiled i'm such a good chef but do you find do you you know when you're making dishes do you ever kind of infuse both like your influence uh from england and basically what's more i guess here's not pub food but you know again the canadian americanized kind of a version? Yeah, I mean, what I'm trying to do is tie a lot of history back to food. So for example, the bread that we bake in house uses red five flour. Red five flour is the oldest cultivated grain in Western Canada. Cultivated in 1876, I believe, by a guy from the Netherlands called William Fife, hence the name of it. 
Makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So, because William Flower just doesn't sound as good as Red Fife. I, I get, I get yeah. where he came from of like that whole publicity side. <laughs> but we try and tie a bit more like history involved. I use a little bit of that like European influence. I also did two years in a Japanese restaurant where we did traditional Japanese food. So there's a couple of things that I try and incorporate a little bit of a Japanese style or the idea of Japanese food where it's four or five ingredients maximum and they just, they all play together and they all sing really well. So it's like a good little mix of of my new life, my training of my old life and everything that sort of come in between all of that as well. So yeah, just like a little bit of everything. It's kind of good that I have the full creative freedom here. Like one day I came into work and I said to the the guys, and I was like, I got an idea, edible forest floor. And they looked at me and went, okay, buddy, yeah. whatever drunk idea that was at four in the morning, run with it. See or what happens. edible idea, yeah. Yeah. And when it, you said edible, Lund perked right up. <laughs> I actually, that was actually my next question. I got an edible cookbook for Christmas. I'm just curious, have you ever done any cooking with edibles before? I haven't. No. And the problem is in the UK, cannabis is still very much outlawed. Yeah. So coming to Canada, the first time that I actually smelled cannabis outside, I was like, oh, are the police coming? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I smell, I smell the devil's lettuce, <laughs> the marijuana. And Nat nudged me and she's like, it's kind of, there are shops devoted to it here. And I was like, oh yeah, Com- completely forgot about that part. <laughs> But I imagine high cooking would be pretty interesting to do. As long as you don't smoke during high cooking, like doing smoking meats infused with it oh, as well. Man. You basically just turn into Snoop Dogg's house as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, I guess you can also infuse drinks with edibles too. I haven't gotten that far yet, but I just, uh, chef to chef, I thought I'd ask <laughs> the question. <laughs> I knew I recognized yeah, you from somewhere, yeah. yeah. Have you opened the chef book yet? I, yeah, I, mean, I haven't cooked anything from it because some pretty detailed uh, instructions. So. <laughs> so, so you need help. So far, the only thing I really cooked has been chocolate chip cookies and muffins. And by cooked, you mean mix the batter the pre-made batter. So actually, Phil, you, you took, you took the oh. dough boys, stuck an edible in it and then baked it. <laughs> I got it done. Yeah. I, I got the ingredients, I made it and then I <laughs> ate it. Mission accomplished. So <laughs> Phil, you can actually, speaking of ingredients, because mm-hmm. this has been a, an argument. So this was, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago now. Lund comes in telling me, hey, I'm going to cook fettuccine Alfredo tonight. And he pulls a can of whipped cream, like the spray can mm. whipped cream out of the fridge and looks like at me and goes- Like the sweet stuff you yes. put on hot chocolate. Yeah. Yeah. And he looks at me and goes, I don't think I got the right thing. I said, no, you didn't. You need whipping cream. That's the end product. And he goes, no, no, I think it's the same thing. And still probably to this day would argue with me that it is the same thing for Alfredo sauce. Was that like a hint of vanilla that came with it as well? Like it was kind of yeah. sweeter than yeah. it. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like a, it's a spray it's like a, it's aerosol. Like a dessert. It's like a it's, dessert. It's already whipped. Oh. It's delicious. Yeah. yeah it, I imagine on its own, but maybe not with like yeah. the pasta involved. Oh, like, no, 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 no. So Ted, there's a difference between whipping cream yeah. and whipped cream mm-hmm. which is the dumbest thing in the world well, <laughs> like pr- like present and past tense yeah they can there's so many words in the english language <laughs> they could have easily used a different word f- to describe what what ingredient it was or how it was prepared can't believe or to be prepared. 35 years old and didn't know the difference I mean, I don't, I don't want to defend him too much here because that is a no, different go ahead, level. Go ahead and jump but in here, Phil. There are, some, there are some English words of food that didn't make it across the ocean that is mm-hmm. very different here. So you've got stuff like eggplant is aubergine, zucchini is courgette, arugula is rocket. I remember the first place I worked, we were like one of the first times in the weeds where we're pretty busy. And I said to one of the guys, I was like, can you get me aubergine and courgettes out the fridge? And he looked at me like I just spoke to him in Spanish. <laughs> he was like, what are those? <laughs> so I held them up and he was like, buddy, eggplant plant 
and zucchini. It's like, ah, oh, this is going to be a challenge. Yeah. Do, do you ever screw with like young trainees too and just make up like uh, ingredients or make up tools to go grab out of the cupboard? Oh yeah, we've got, we've sent kids to get um, comfy salmon legs, uh, chopped flour. That was a good one to stretch the gluten. I got one kid to whisk water till it thickens because that's how you make ice. You got to whisk it till it thickens and then pour it in the mold and freeze it. And this little, this guy was like bright red face, sweat dripping and he was gunning for it and I was like you're nearly there buddy I can see it like just keep going we sent one guy to maintenance to ask for a long wait for the spirit measure so he walked in went oh I've been here for a I've been asked to get a long wait and they're like yeah scoop sit down and they went to lunch oh no so they came back like an hour later and he's like I'm still I'm still after that long wait and they were like you had it and he came back into the kitchen and he was like I hate every single one of you oh you also, if you run out of kitchen ideas, you can make them water all the fake plants. We used to do that too. <laughs> so going back to, because again, when we're talking about whipping cream, whipped cream, mm-hmm. one thing I learned this week, you talk about how overseas words are different. Again, follow a lot of Instagram, like the food one, you know, the the reels now that are people do recipe, the one minute recipes and oh, stuff. Yeah. And one is this British lady who does a lot of desserts and I keep seeing double cream. I'm like, what the hell's double cream? And it, it is whipping cream, like it's yeah. heavy cream. So it's all. Yeah. So ta- table. No, no, but is it doesn't cream. get you off the hook. Table Long. cream is single cream to us, and then whipping cream is double cream. Yeah. And then we have uh, skimmed, semi-skimmed, and full fat milk, which is just the percentages that you guys use. Yeah, one, one, two, three. One, yeah. two, and three point two five or whatever yeah. it is. But yeah, there's like that also big difference as well. And also just the price of cheese. <laughs> like it's crazy. <laughs> I I can't believe how expensive cheese is. It's one of those things that it kept me awake at night for a few nights one day. Cause I <laughs> I was like, I remember getting huge blocks of cheddar for like the equivalent of twenty-five bucks. Wow. And now I can't get a pack of pre-sliced Edam cheese for that. I was I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. When I but go- I also know that I'm getting old at that point when that's the thing that keeps me awake at night. <laughs> yeah. But me too, but it's usually because I ate too much cheese. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's still yeah. Yeah, when I go to A and W and I get cheese on my mama burger, it just doubles the price of the burger. <laughs> It's getting out of hand. <laughs> that was an awful joke. <laughs> I don't think it was a joke. It's not. It's, it's I can see in his eyes. There was actual oh, they, like they don't come with cheese? No. Oh. You have to get it with cheese. Sorry, you haven't been eating fast food for a it's week. It's been a week. For yeah. a whole week. Oh, now. I so forgot already. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're out of you're, the game. Ha- it's all out of your mind. At one point, yeah. you're going to get like flashbacks. You're going to stare off into the distance. Oh, wake up in a really- cold sweat. <laughs> oh my God, it's gravy. What the fuck? <laughs> so, I have a question about the pubs. Yeah. In uh, the UK, I know that uh, they're a big deal there and it's kind of more than just a pub. It's like a community hall mm-hmm. and everyone has their own neighborhood pub. So maybe just talk about kind of the lifestyle and culture around that. Yeah. I mean, so pubs themselves, like you said, they're quite a community based item, especially during the 60s, the 70s. And even before that, they were the hub of the community. You would celebrate the birth of your child, weddings, wakes, everything happened in a pub and before the time of like mobile phones you could get hold of your husband if you walked down the pub you would find him sometimes hidden behind the bar if he didn't want to hear from you or sometimes stood at the bar it depends on how it's really what you're cooking at home and it got to the point in the late 90s early 2000s that superstores and shops were allowed to sell alcohol at a cheaper price than pubs and also there was a smoking ban within the pubs as well so it that point everyone decided just to drink at home because it's cheaper you can smoke at home you can have your friends over for barbecues and at one point i believe one pub in the uk was closing every 10 minutes 
for seven years. It just, it fell apart. And then there was a huge revitalization from a chef called Tom Kerridge. He done the first, what we call a gastropub. The Hand and Flowers, which is the gastropub he still owns, now has two Michelin stars. First pub in the world to get Michelin stars. And from that, there was a revitalization because a lot of chefs that didn't have the money to actually get a restaurant space were looking for a space to rent or to buy. And there were a whole bunch of pubs that already had a kitchen in the back for sale. So a lot of people made deals and gastropubs came and sort of reopened a lot of them. And now you have the second coming of pubs in the UK now where you can get different ones with even the town that I lived in, we would have like a hot pizza oven in one. We would do Thai food in another. There was like a smoke barbecue, like Southwestern one, just different pubs, just focused on different foods from different chefs were able to stay open and are now making a lot of business out of it. So they've had a very roller coaster sort of time. And that pro- that's probably not the first time in history because European countries are just so much older, mm-hmm. right? Than than what we're used to. And that's so right. There's a yep. lot of history there, and <laughs> and I'm sure it's gone up and down over the years. Yeah, I mean, when you start looking at history, especially in the UK, because we're so compact, there were places where you could have. I mean, Stonehenge, for example, which is over two thousand years old, was right next to one of the biggest motorways in the UK. So you had this very like way old prehistoric time, and then you had modern. Everything just sort of interlinked. A lot of cities have castles in them. A lot of them have train stations. We still have quite a large rail network, which is something I actually found kind of hard to adjust to when moving here, where you guys can't just hop on a train and go to Calgary and Edmonton for the day. Although it's just basically one straight line. You wouldn't have to do any turns, any corners. Oh, yeah. You just lay down a track and you could go. But it just never, never came to Alberta yet. They've, so, been, they've been teasing us with this high-speed rail between Edmonton and Calgary for like the last 20 years. And I'm sure we're going to get it by the time before we die, but it's like 50 years away. We just finally got a third lane for like between Crossfield and Airdrie. Like, let's not get too picky here. I mean, let's not ask for too much. And you know that when they construct eventually that rail network, they're going to close two of those lanes for the construction oh. traffic. So you're back down to one lane anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to have flying cars by then anyway. So it'll be obsolete by the time they've done it. It would be all of us in the in the rail carts and all of our kids like flying over in flying cars. It's a bit like how we look at our grandparents of the internet, I imagine. And it's like back in my day, Hey, we used to have it on the ground. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> so when we're talking about pubs, you know, and I think um, especially with British food, the traditional British food, I like, I, why? Who came up with some, like, just from an outsider, some of it sounds, looks, and probably tastes a, a little weird. Yeah, I think the one word that would easily describe that is poverty. <laughs> there was a lot of that poor poverty yeah. for a lot of years. <laughs> and everyone went, well, maybe I could cook this and not die. <laughs> so then dishes came from that, really. So there's a couple of dishes that when you look at it, even I sort of poke it. I'm like, but why? <laughs> like, why did you take this and this and go, good enough? <laughs> and why has that stuck for so long? Why why has that gone through history? And everyone's like, there's still enough market to make this in modern day times. It's like, but we have Uber Eats. <laughs> why do we have these things? <laughs> so you're saying if there was credit cards back then, people wouldn't be having like brown beans and black coffee for breakfast and then getting on a crowded train. Is that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if there were credit cards back then, the whole idea of flying cars would probably be now i feel like it would just accelerate history far too quickly although if you ever get the chance like if science ever allows us to go back in time giving somebody in the early 1900s a credit card would be hilarious to watch <laughs> just explaining it to them would be funny yeah yeah explaining tiktok to them that would be amazing so we have this small computer we'll go go into what a computer is yeah. on the internet we'll cover that in a minute and you get to watch videos of dogs 
and people making food. Why? <laughs> is it, that's, that's a good question, but we have it. Yeah, and here's a silly little dance you can do with your friends. <laughs> Unless you're Lund and you just don't do it. Yeah, mm. I'll do it. I'll do it this year. <laughs> So now, and speaking of of British food, you came up with a list of some, and and a little yeah. bit where the four of us are are gonna give a spin diesel a spin, and each of us is gonna have to try at a later date. You're gonna prepare a couple of these traditional British meals for us, and yeah, said some are some are okay, some are just plain not. Um, I guess it depends. Summer, yeah, it works. I mean, it depends on what you roll. I might have to wander into the woods to go and hunt some of these things, but yeah, apart from that, <laughs> I'll have to drag carcasses back. But now, yeah, summer works. Oh, there's plenty on highway too. You need to. Yeah. If you need any, if you need to lure in any deer, Lund will come with you and yeah. just keep trying until one of them works. Yeah, I'll, I'll call them to you. I mean, I'm not allowed a firearm license. That's the other issue because I'm not a Canadian citizen. So I would have to go with putting them in a chokehold and seeing how well that pans out. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> I didn't know that. You need to be a citizen to get a yeah. license? So, with my work permit, there's five jobs that I'm not allowed to do. One is to work in a strip club, which is thankful for everyone involved. Well, don't put so, words in our mouth. I, <laughs> see, I see you've looked into this, which yeah. is bold. Uh, to work with firearms, the elderly or children, or cannabis. Hmm. Because I'm only on, at the moment, I've applied for permanent residency, but I'm on a two-year work permit. So how I guess going back to Red Deer, how mm-hmm. are you finding Red Deer now that you've you've been here a year and a half, you've settled in, you've found a great job doing what you like to do. Probably a bit of a culture shock. Well, like you already said too at first, but how are you finding it now that you've started to adjust a little bit? I mean, it's been really nice to almost have that like fresh start in a new completely alien environment not completely alien but quite alien environment in the summer of 2019 i came uh, with natalie for just o- under two weeks and we did a whistle stop tour of alberta so we did drumheller the hoodoos banff calgary stampede edmonton central alberta and basically she worked for the tourist board without actually fully working for them she was like hey look at how pretty this place is just wouldn't trying, you love to yeah. live here just laying the groundwork out yeah the time, basically hey? yeah. but no it's like it's a beautiful city i really enjoy like one of the big things that i took for granted in the uk which i'm actually able to do here is the nature trails where in the uk because we're so like highly built and stuff we would have a couple of parks within sort of a 10 minute walking distance but here i cross a couple of streets go down a block and you're just in the woods like there are deer running around there's a lot of nature that comes here it's really nice and refreshing to see and then people actually using it as well because that was another big thing everyone here is so friendly and everyone that i walk past everyone's like good morning Good morning. That took me a week to get used to because I thought for some reason that I knew them because that's the only time you would do that in the UK. So I was just like, like good. Like, no, I don't got it. Fred. Nope. Oh, shoot. Buddy. <laughs> but I, like everyone's really friendly. It's been great to go from that tourist mindset where everything was new and exciting to actually having a favorite place to get coffee, a favorite restaurant, a favorite bar to watch the games, still trying to work out what football team to pick and what hockey team to pick because i originally went with the oilers that's good yeah okay i was about to lean backwards (laughs) in case something came at me it's a right choice that came down to as we were pulling into the driveway to meet natalie's dad for the first time i looked and i was like what baseball team and what hockey team does he support she goes dodgers and oilers i was like great i'm dodger and oiler fan (laughs) and i'm googling as we're walking through the door what the team name is and where they're from and i'm like yeah yeah yes (laughs) what is a dodger (laughs) (laughs) so one thing dustin i learned 
again, when uh, when we met with you, you talked a bit about the, the six degrees of separation in Red Deer. And of course, so your fiance works at Warren Sinclair. Mm-hmm. So of course, our podcast lawyer, whether he likes it or not, Louis Corvo <laughs> too. So again, it's just funny, those, I guess, ties. And it's, oh dear, again, just accidentally bringing people together and making Yeah, you're the working as like the middleman for the city yeah. at this point. Like everyone's starting to get like put connections with each other. I mean, there's not many times I can't even walk into the grocery store and someone's like, hey, I know your like father-in-law's cousin's sister. And I'm like, <laughs> awesome. How are you? And it's like, it's great to have that in a sense, but there's also, it's that same thing where a lot of people say good morning to you. And I'm like, I think I might recognize you from one night, potentially, Yeah, maybe. How's it going? And you're just like, it wasn't me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. For, for what I kind I did. of, I judge the eyes because if they're angry and they do it and I'm like, I, that wasn't me. Yeah. Now that's a different British chef. Yeah. There's many of them in the city to <laughs> yes. go find. I can give you a list. Have you, have you met any other British people living in Red Deer? There's a quite a few, which I found quite nice. There's an Uber driver who's British from Leeds. One of my friends, Lucy, she works at uh, Navia Mir, the bridal store downtown. She's from Chester. And we actually met through working at the cooking room together. Oh, okay. So yeah. I was doing cookery classes at the cooking room through like British pub and like Spanish stuff or Japanese nights. And she was working there as sort of the front of house out. And then she heard my accent and we both looked at each other and went, British? British. <laughs> so you, we all sort of gravitate a little bit, but there is quite a nice percentage of people. There's enough here that most grocery stores have like a little British section. <laughs> so there's like my little connection to home. I can still get tea. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because that was one thing I was asking friends to like send me care packages of like tea and biscuits and gravy. And I was like, just help me get through. <laughs> but now it's in most stores. So I'm, I'm now pretty, pretty set. So have you, while you've been here, do you have a favorite Canadian dish that you, that you enjoy to eat? Or are you still partial to all your British meals? I mean, you can't really go wrong with the poutine. Like it's yeah. cheese, fries, and gravy. I feel like you could get to any part of the world and they would do that. But here it's just, you have the cheese curds and you actually have like real gravy made on it. That's probably my favorite, but also... I'll usually only get it when I'm about four four to seven beers deep. <laughs> and I don't know if that's like a factor on it, but I've never had it fully sober. And most times after I eat it, after a few beers, I fall asleep. So it's great. <laughs> Last thing, because obviously, you know, if we, we keep you around a, a little while longer, maybe you'll give Lund some cooking lessons, uh, do some fun stuff like that. But do you, you said you worked at the cooking room. Mm-hmm. Do you do you like doing the cooking lessons or is that kind of like uh, like some people really like teaching, some people don't? Like where do you sit on, on that or is it just frustrating trying to teach people how to cook? I've always been quite a fan of teaching. And when working as like a head chef and a sous chef, we always had apprentices or young guys in. So teaching's always been quite a fundamental part because a lot of guys would come into a kitchen that they've never stepped in foot before. And mum does all the cooking at home. I remember one of the first times I got one of our apprentices, I gave him a couple of bags of pre-made salad, like the pre-cut salad. And I go, right, we're in a rush, quickly wash this. And he goes, okay. And he runs off and I glance over a few moments later and I see bubbles coming from the sink. (laughs) And I look and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm washing it. In one, he goes, well, hot water and soap, like our plates. (laughs) (laughs) And I stood there and it took everything in me just to be like, oh, buddy, that's 
That's not what I mean by washing it. I now know where to start the training <laughs> process of us <laughs> and training them through that. And then I got them to a point that they were comfortable to handle like a station for a night. They could do some slow services with just like a couple of them. And just training is a fundamental I've always really enjoyed just so I can help the next sort of generation of cooks that come through and diversify the culinary scene of Red Deer and inspire people to if they want to do something or if they want to learn a new skill or a new cuisine and they get to try it here first or they travel around the world and then they come here and try something that reminds them of that. It's pretty cool. Would you would you recommend taking cooking classes when you're in a different country? I know that's what that some people like to do when they when they go travel or would you recommend taking cooking classes, like building up that skill prior to going traveling and, and then learning a different type of cuisine? A lot of cooking comes down to the fundamental set where it's a lot of it is um, classical French. And most of the cuts are classical French, but just named different. And as long as you have a base fundamental idea of cooking, you can do cooking classes around the world and you won't see a huge change in the foundations, but the flavors will be different and the styles will be different. But as long as you know how to handle the knife correctly, how to cook a steak or cook meat correctly, then yeah, I'd say go for it. Like it's always great to go to a different part of the world and fully throw yourself into that culture. Good to know. I was waiting for you. Hey, what's your favorite restaurant in, in England? I was waiting for that <laughs> question. But before we get there, Phil, yeah, <laughs> we do have, again, we're, we're going to do some more. So this isn't the end of, of your night. This is kind of the, the end of the interview part. But thank mm-hmm. you for doing this, for having us here. This is a really nice, cozy area here too. And uh, But thank you again for reaching out to us. First of all, again, you know, D- Dustin and I, we were sitting there having lunch with you and like, we should have had microphones on the whole time. It, it's really nice to talk to someone who is new to Red Deer and again just showcase the different different type of people we, we have in the city from all walks of life too and uh, like I said I think I think we're going to be uh, seeing a lot of you I know there's there's a lot of fun stuff we can do and some not fun stuff like if I have to eat like jellied eel or like I don't know what the what what's <laughs> on that wheel or not but some things are kind of that sense some things that may be worse maybe better it depends on what your taste buds are and also how much your stomach can handle but Thank you for having me. This has been great to work with you guys. And hopefully this is the start of a beautiful friendship and that you guys can stomach some of the stuff that I may cook you and also enjoy some of the things I cook for you as well. Dave, we, we should start really laying foundations of yeah. that sort of stuff. And I hope you can stomach us. <laughs> <laughs> so a huge thank you, Chef Phil, for that. I, I hope you had as much fun as we did. It was uh, it was an awesome interview. I think after Dustin and I had lunch, we, we told everyone else, we're like, man, this is one of the most interesting guys we've ever met. That's going to be awesome. Normally, we kind of like debrief the interview, but you're sitting right here. So I don't know. It's kind of awkward, but I, I think we can do it anyways, because that's uh, exactly what we're all about. I think is just meeting interesting people in Red Deer and people who make Red Deer what it is. Uh, and I think you do that because you've come here in just a year and a half, made it your own to, you know, stay true to your to your British roots, but also are, are trying to become a, a red deering at the same time. So I think it was awesome. And uh, I think we learned a lot too. Phil, can I just say you are the perfect mix of knowledge, comedy, history, and just an overall good guy. So cheers, cheers to you and cheers to a great interview. Oh, well, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to have you guys in the building and to talk about my story and just get to start working with you guys and hopefully it will blossom into a beautiful little relationship. All right, Phil, your interview's over already. Stop <laughs> hogging the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, Lund has never said anything that nice no. to uh, any of us. So, But I think uh, it's Thanks cool. a lot, Chef Phil. 
get the hell out of here. I mean, we we did we found like if we asked what would like the British version of our podcast sound like or what would the British version of us be like, we found it. That's awesome. The only thing I'll say about this interview is I sat it out and Phil repeated almost exactly the conversation we had at Bose with Ted and I when we talked about coming on the podcast. So it was really cool to kind of relive your story again, because the first time me and Ted left there and I was like, he's the triple X beer guy, most interesting man in the world. I I didn't want to sponsor drop. So you like that? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't say it. I learned a lot of stuff about the 1800s that I didn't (laughs) know about before. So thank you. And I just learned a lot about life with uh with your stories your dishes and i'm really looking forward to the steak and kidneys i'm about to eat we haven't got there yet <laughs> oh sorry i'm not i'm not looking forward to <laughs> i was, I was to, gonna lost in the quantum realm. Where, what time are we in? has it happened yet what what I has happened and too. what has not happened all right well there's one spoiler alert bro we won't tell you how we get there oh. there is more i thought like are you trying to be phil's best man at his wedding because that was like <laughs> actually are, are you in the market for a best man phil when what? is the wedding <laughs> the uh the wedding is in late november but i sadly already have a best man but i don't have a beer man or a beer boy or whatever they call them the person with like the fanny pack that hands up beer to the guests is like instead of a flower girl it's like a craft beer boy (laughs) there you go that sounds like a perfect job for you (laughs) huh are you saying this is a canadian thing that you've seen or is this a british thing i've never heard of a i feel like it's it's more canadian north american i've seen but it's definitely something which is a bit more trendy now with like people that don't invite kids to their weddings and stuff like that they'll just have a beer guy (laughs) just imagine you mean a bartender at the baseball game but in a tux it's that kind of stuff Beer, get your beer. <laughs> hot, hot dogs. Haven't you seen this where instead of a flower girl, you have your craft beer boy who goes down the aisle and hands out drinks? I've never, never oh, heard of you should do that. You're though. the craft beer yeah. boy, Lund. Yeah, if anybody. Wow. That's settled. Yeah. Done. It's You're hired. Conversation. Okay, but I'll be runner up to best man yes. should anything nefarious happen to him. <laughs> How many fanny packs are you going to wear? Well, I, I own like five, but... So that's I not put- something you decide in the moment yeah, like yeah. this. So you have to think about that. Yeah, so, yeah let's move on. Let's yeah. move on. But so, I would be delighted. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again, Phil. We're, we're not done with Phil either. We we did we did some more stuff we're over ab- there with Phil. <laughs> we're about to do some stuff yeah. later too, maybe. Or it may have happened already. <laughs> Ted has not made it clear to anybody. This is, this is a, a weird timeline episode. We recorded, just to be clear, we recorded... Recorded some stuff across the street already. There's more of it coming later. Are you now? Do you get where I'm going? I never. No, I'll just I'll just be silent. (laughs) Oh, thank Christ. Okay, so as I mentioned earlier, the much talked about Andrew Russell partnership renewal happened. So first off, thank you again, Andrew, for your support. Uh, Really does mean the world to us. And we're going to change things up a bit with Andrew as well. Like I said, he's in studio with us tonight and will be often because we have a new segment. We're all grown ups like ish. At least by age, we're all grown-ups, which means things like the housing market, real estate news actually does mean something, and it's important to keep up on that stuff. So we're going to help you keep your finger on the pulse of the real estate market. So it's time to go into our very first Andrew Russell market update. So Andrew, how is the housing market so far in February? Market's hot, Ted. And thank you very much, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs) That was the easiest money we ever made. (laughs) 
So things have, have taken an early start this year. Um, it's really looking like the market is going to take off. Uh, Alberta's economy's finally turned around. Interest rates are still really good. And we had some carryover last spring. The market uh, actually was moving really well. And it's kind of a continuation of the you know, the COVID market, um, which turned into a really good market. Never would have guessed that, but uh, here we are. So things are still trucking and largely things are being fueled right now by people moving back to Alberta or into Alberta from BC and Ontario. Um, I'm getting a phone call a week right now from people who are saying, you know, my market's unaffordable or we just want to get out of here. Alberta seems like a good place to settle. Real estate prices are reasonable. Um, you know, what can I get? So the single family market in Red Deer under 500,000 right now is really hot. Uh, there's almost no inventory over uh, between 500 and a million. Um, if you have a property to sell right now, there is huge demand. Uh, single family property specifically. Duplexes and townhouses haven't seen the same level of activity uh, and condos uh, apartment condos haven't seen the same level of activity, but uh, once housing prices get to a certain point, those markets will start to feel the effects of that. So overall, market's great, uh, which you know we haven't had a good market in six years in Alberta. So uh, this is welcome news. And it's a surprise for a lot of people I talk to that uh, don't follow the market on a regular basis when I tell them that the price of their house has actually gone up in the last year. This Red Deer Real Estate Update was brought to you by Andrew Russell & Associates with REMAX Real Estate Central Alberta, the official realtor of the Oh Deer podcast. For more information on the team and the services they provide, visit andrewrussell.ca. And tell them Lundy sent you. So there we go. First Andrew Russell market update. Thank you, Andrew. Again, uh, some good information for everyone but me. And we're going to change it up a bit every time too. So if you ever do have just a real estate question, I think you can go straight to Andrew on, on social media or through uh, the contact on his website or send it to us. We maybe just might make a call out for it as well. But um, yeah, I think something that's good to know and it doesn't hurt to have a little bit more educational pieces in this podcast. So with that, we are now going to roll in to a segment that I think I've done it once before, but we're going to call it again, What's Happening? What's Happening is brought to you by Louis Corvo of Warren Sinclair LLP, a central Alberta law firm dedicated to helping all its clients achieve their business and personal goals. Learn more at warrensinclair.com. First off, a huge shout out to Louis for renewing once again, right? Yeah. Thank you, Louis. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, oh, maybe we're, if he maybe hasn't he yet, he has now. Yeah. Now, now he's in. He has the check cleared? It will. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... He's also the inspiration for this first topic of what's happening uh, because there's a couple cool events coming up in central Alberta we want to talk about. And the first uh, is very something very close to him, the ACFA Winter Carnival, which he actually talked about uh, when he was on the podcast about, man, all, probably almost a year ago now at this point. Uh, first off, any guesses as to what ACFA stands for? Alberta. Anglophone. No, no. He's, uh, uh, that's what the F, the F, is, the F is francophone. No, I'll give you a hint. It's not in English. Allez, allons-y. Hey, now I want to see. carte français avec. Oh, you were so close, Walsh. <laughs> is Anglo Anglophone? Is that, that that's yes. English? That's, that's you, English. Yeah. Francophone is what you're thinking. I didn't. Of would be you're, a you're an Anglophone. Yeah. I so, anyways, Lundry, see if you can. Uh, Association Canadienne Francais de l'Alberta. Man, it's like, like you're running that association. Oh. <laughs> oh, so it's the Red Deer ACFA. That's what we'll, we'll just call yes, it. We'll but good is a branch. It's a branch of the provincial organization representing Francophones in Alberta. So Louis did talk about this carnival. It's coming up at the end of February. Uh, so it's February 25th and 26th at Bower Ponds. And so 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the 25th. I didn't even look, but I assume that's the Friday night. Uh, there's music, the lights 
lights are on for skating around the pond and fire pits. So almost just kind of like a, no pun intended with the fire pits, but like a warm up night for it. Go out and skate and uh, have some fun with the family uh, under the lights, which is a ton of fun. And then the next day, so 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., which is the 26th. All right, buckle up because this, this is a lot, but there's music and dance, snowshoeing, axe throwing, sledge hockey, street hockey, human foosball, which if you've ever done that with the big blow up things is, is awesome. Sledding and skating, snow painting and crafts. And this is, I honestly want to go just for this, is there's someone there teaching you how to play the spoons, I like guess, a musical instrument. So, is that a French thing? So what, I yeah, mean, what, yeah, what it, are the It spoons? has to be. Hmm. Like I mean, are the spoons like just on your lap? Like, yeah, I think or, like, do you remember like they would kind of hold them like back to back yeah. and you'd go on your lap between okay. your lap and your hand and like, I'm sure Fred Penner did it. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, yeah. Right. But this guy's done everything. Obviously now you got to go and find out. Okay. So if you want to find out what spoons are, go to Bower Ponds February 25th and 26th. Yeah. Um, and another thing Louie talked about is you make the maple taffy where you pour it on the snow and there's pea soup as well. And I'm, I'm glad it's not pee on snow. <laughs> Thanks mm. for laughing. I wasn't yeah. sure if it was going to... No, I, I think it landed. Yeah. 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 Cring, cringeworthy, <laughs> but it landed. They're still looking for volunteers for that as well. Um, maybe mascots. I don't know. Dustin and I should ask, but uh, reddeer.acfa.ab.ca uh, for more information. Um, and you can go uh, find them on Facebook or Instagram. The Red Deer Winter Carnival um, is their Instagram handle. So again, a, a, big, a big event in Red Deer that happens every year. And uh, I've never gone to it. I know Bower Ponds is one of my favorite spots, so no reason, especially if you have a family, but even no matter what, no reason not to go check it out. Ted, I'm really... I'd really like to play the human foosball and eat the taffy. So those are the two highlights for me. So I, I may make an appearance, even though I only speak a little bit of French. <laughs> I would still like to go very much. <laughs> do you speak All French, French English? S'il vous plaît. Uh, uh, we're not going. We're not going to make you do that. <laughs> uh, je ne sais pas français. Uh, je m'appelle Ryan. Comment ça va? Ça va bien. Oui. Okay, Andrew Russell gives that the thumbs up. So another event coming up. Now this one, honestly, if you're listening to this, the day it comes out, it starts the next day. So if you listen to this on time, you may still be able to get it and get there. And if not, hey, put it in your calendar for next year because it, it is probably going to happen again next year. Right? Yeah, you didn't think of that, did you? Well, I was going to add, you can hop through the quantum realm <laughs> if you're listening to it later and go back in time and attend the event. So f- for those of you that are into time travel... <laughs> Buckle up. That is what this episode's all about. Food and time travel. Uh, but so there, there is a, a big event coming up right away here in Sylvan Lake. It's Winterfest and the big jig. <laughs> so that's out at Sylvan Lake. It's their biggest winter event of the year. It, it runs February 18th to 21st. So again, hopefully you hear this in time. Probably already know about it as well. But uh, features the ice slide and snow maze, which I think is uh, always a, a big attraction out there. Live music, an epic poutine contest. They have the family fun zone for the kids, winter village lights, and of course, the big jig. That wasn't as big, but that's all right. You're getting tired. The ice fishing derby with over $7,500 in total prizes. Uh, If you catch the longest fish, you win $3,000. Ooh. 
we we've gone to this before with our group of friends out in sylvan lake correct me if i'm wrong but i believe the family day weekend is like the one weekend of the year that you don't need a fishing license to enter this competition you can go out with your family bring them out you can fish you can not fish enjoy the different activities it's super fun i know we're going uh, i'm really looking forward to this event i'm not sure if this podcast has gone out afterwards but one day before one day before so i've caught the biggest fish now that I'm looking into the future. So yeah, that's that's a big draw. And I think there's a Friday night glow-in-the-dark axe throwing, which sounds Ooh, pretty cool. That sounds pretty awesome. And a band, Colossal Sam, is live at a local pub. Uh, Saturday, lots going on. I think that's the day to go, it sounds like. Uh, there's Learn to Fish. Uh, there's the Discovery Village, which has sledge hockey, snow bikes, snowshoes, curling, beanbag toss, tug of war, and sleigh rides. A free fire and ice show. I don't even know what it is, but it's every 25 minutes from 4.30 to 6.30. And then fireworks at 7 p.m. where you can basically park anywhere on Lakeshore Drive and watch those. And then Sunday, the fishing derby keeps going. More learn to fish. And this is really cool is the 2022 Oval Ice Racing Series uh, from 10 to 4 p.m. put on by the Rocky Motorcycle Club. So again, I'm not 100% sure, but if I do the math, I think it's people driving motorcycles on ice. Sounds pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, you have one day to do it and chances are Sun Sports shacks are already rented, but reach out to them. There's an off chance somebody might have canceled because that's the best spot on the lake. I know for a fact because I caught one fish there. Yeah, and that fish was like six six or seven feet long. I think we settled on four. Yeah, but then it was like 40 pounds, I think we said. Yeah, 42 42 pounds, six six feet. It's going to be a winner in the big jig. Yeah. Well, good luck. So again, the full event details for that one, visit sylvanlake.ca slash winterfest and that's what's happening. So now we're at the point in the episode where we give our, I want to say annual, but our customary shout out to Doortender. Again, uh, both uh, the interview with Phil, which was back in time. And right now, even I'm uh, enjoying, they carry some non-alcoholic beer, which actually like is, I think if you've had non-alcoholic beer in the past, it's very like sweet and sugary and not like beer, but they started to figure it out. So it's nice to, I guess, feel like I'm drinking one, not that I need it that bad, but uh, thank you again to Doortender. And just a reminder, Doortender rewards are a thing now. So every time you order, you earn rewards towards gift cards. That just means more booze. So get on it, download the Doortender app or go to doortender.ca and and uh, start getting rewarded. Or go to Doortender physically, because they do have a store. Yes. So with a, uh, a first time in the history of doing this segment has a different sponsor, but we are going to head into Deer Call. Deer Call is brought to you by Saks Thrift Ave, home of Red Deer's only Rage Room. For the rest of February, get 10% off your next Rage Room package with the code ODEAR when you book online at SaksThriftAveRD.com. Saks Thrift Ave, records and rage, vinyl and vintage. Yeah, that's a good close. I didn't write that closing line. That's from their website, but it's pretty good. So yeah, we did uh, this time. Hey, big surprise. We're going to talk about everyone's favorite comfort food. And since we're changing up, doing some different stuff tonight, Lundy is going to lead us through deer call this time. So uh, take it away. Yeah, I'm glad you picked me for this. I have some experience with comfort foods, so... (laughs) Um, but can you read? Because that's the real qualification for this. Yeah, I can. I can get through it. Uh, so to start off, um, Stacy, <laughs> Stacy said soup 
all of the soup. And I mean, it, it, when it's cold out, I, I agree with her. There's nothing that, that warms you up. Maybe chili, but soup is kind of go, go to for me in wintertime. Or when you're sick. Oh, yeah. Ch- chicken noodle is my go to yeah. soup. Uh, oh, Vietnamese, full all day. Last two years have been good for the soup industry then. What about in the summer, though? You can have a gazpacho. Really? Nope. I impressed <laughs> nope. the shit out of Phil over there. It's just, that's Spanish for cold, shitty soup. <laughs> right? It's Italian. <laughs> oh, he was painful. I'm so soup. proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Keep trying. Keep trucking. It's it's a different, yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up on the list, we have Amy who says, Chef Boyardee ravioli. Can anyone else feel like the roof of their mouth burning as you hear those words? Yeah. No, I've definitely burnt, burnt myself with <laughs> Chef Boyardee, but I feel like Chef Boyardee anything is, is pretty good comfort I, food. Like the lasagna, the ravioli, the spaghetti, the alphabets. Alphagetti? Alphagetti. Well, now you're cross, you're cross branding here. Shoot. Damn it. <laughs> Just hearing you say that gave me heartburn. Did it? <laughs> The ravioli, I used to have those as a bachelor after nights of drinking and got the worst heartburn ever. I mean, maybe it was like all the whiskey you had. It's the alcohol. Keep you the no, it's definitely the Chef Boyardee. Man, that guy gets blamed no for doubt. everything. I was more of a, hey, Michaelinas. <laughs> Lunch still is. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I buy that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> are those the uh i will tell you no one no one like you know when you go grocery shopping you look and see what you have before you so you don't buy more of it lund doesn't do that <laughs> wow. i just know what i want it's like eight loaves of bread in the so phil if you want to come make a bunch of toast for us we have a lot of bread in the freezer you keep your hands off my bread phil <laughs> <laughs> we're saving their stockpile on that yeah waiting for the apocalypse all right next up jesse and liesel and I, I think this is my number one, grilled cheese and tomato soup. Not so much the tomato soup, but the grilled cheese is oh. my probably number one comfort food. That is a good call. You know what? Actually, last night I had grilled cheese and, and chicken noodle soup. Do you dip your grilled cheese in ketchup? No. Oh, no. I want, oh what? No, yeah, no. Yeah, all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, n- n- no part of any day. I Says the guy who puts barbecue sauce on a $20 steak. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Especially the guy if it's the right type of barbecue sauce. Whipped cream on elf. Fettuccine. Yeah. No, Ted wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, how do you guys cook your grilled cheese? I saw there's a grilled cheese toaster you can buy and just cook it like you would toast. And I'm intrigued. Oh, like, like you put it in? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. I see. Put the, yeah. I mean. I have a little like sandwich maker like that and I never use it. Cause you yeah, just, it sounds like a waste of money. Yeah. I'm sure it is, but when's, Either it, way. when's it getting delivered? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's stupid? You know, the one way you never cook a grilled cheese is on a grill. Like you don't oh, yeah. grill it. I guess you could, but I don't think but it would no, turn out. Who does? In yeah. A frying pan, right? All right. Yeah. Fair point. I uh, just ruined grilled cheese. Matum <laughs> <laughs> five. Madam number five <laughs> says uh, tacos, all the tacos. So must be friends with Stacy. Like, I, like just any type of taco, apparently. All of them, though. Do you guys have preference <laughs> preference between hard tacos or soft tacos? You know what? I like. To, I buy that when you make your. I buy the kit, so you have half of each, so you get a little bit a little bit of both. But I, I would prefer a soft taco. That's where that's where my vote lands too. Team hard taco all the way. Oh, so you just love most of your taco sitting on the plate while you eat a crunchy shell on its own? Yeah. 
Like, I feel like if you want a hard taco, you just have taco salad. That's that, what it's that is end, actually basically what I have. Way. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Make your own yeah. taco salad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe says bread or fr- fresh baked buns. And is that a comfort food though? Or yes. Or is it just what life? Sometimes if you're sad, you just eat a lot of buns yeah. and that's fine. And I feel like during COVID, everyone's baked buns, right? Yeah. So, they a, must fre- be. a fresh bun with peanut butter and jam on it. But not a frozen bagel. <laughs> yeah, fucking finger. <laughs> Fuck. Isn't that a sandwich then at that point? When you- well, I'm, yeah. I just I just like a uh, bun with margarine. Yeah. Like those, those Hawaiian, like those slider yes. buns. Those are the oh. Hawaiian buns. I think yeah. we all agree. It could be a comfort food. I, yeah. Danielle says French fries. So um, do, you guys, do you guys cook French fries at home or is that more of just a go out or fast food type of... Well, I know you're not asking me that because you know. Yeah, I don't I know. actually will pan like in the oven the McCain's extra crispy and use them as a ketchup delivery system. So <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> hey, Aaron, good job. You were funny. Yeah. Heron's on fire. Away. Yeah, let's, you know, let's G- move on. Give me on. some of your thoughts. Yeah. Uh, actually, let's not move on too far. Let's just walk down the road to Chicken Fingers, Gemma's favorite company. Comfort food. I think everyone's cooked chicken fingers from home before. I think that's the only thing I've ever seen Kevin Walsh order at a restaurant. <laughs> See, and I think he's a, he's expanded this little food box. Yeah. Is I told you that that was like yeah. two years ago. Yeah, Kim, Kim and I don't Kev, know what timeline we're living in anymore. So I don't know what's going on either, man. <laughs> Kim Have we Kev, had the interview yet? <laughs> Kim and Kev used to order chicken fingers all the time. Every restaurant we ever went to, and it became like a funny thing. Is that how they fell in love? No, I don't think so. Well, but fell in love and then, but then adorable. they both, they just both expanded their food boxes. And it, it, I, w- I wouldn't put her in that. No, no, she doesn't get any credit. It's <laughs> <laughs> all me. But happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> love you. Uh, next one, I think everyone can agree. Pizza. I, I really haven't met anyone that doesn't like pizza. Phil, yeah. what are your what are your thoughts on pizza? Is it is it popular over in the UK? Yeah, pizza is a massive food over there. I mean, personally, I prefer the like the thin crust Italian wood fire pizza. If I'm like traditional, I'm not a huge fan of like deep pan, greasy cheese, that sort of stuff. Unless I am about seven <laughs> beers deep, <laughs> and then I'll take anything. Yeah. But if I had a preference, I'd go with a thin Italian. It, see, I don't. I don't think any of us know what you're talking about. So I think the best way to learn is if you make a couple and show us what you're talking about, and then we'll we'll see if, if we can take your word for it. The great thing is in the summer, every Sunday, we do family dinner at my mother-in-law's and she has a wood fire pizza oven in the oh. garden. So all I'm saying is that if you guys were to accidentally come over at some point and we did a double batch of dough, we could do like a little pizza garden pie. Oh boy. Oh. Pizza Potentially, I'll have to double check with uh, with the mother-in-law, but I believe that that wouldn't be an issue. Oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a next weekend thing, Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I love how just when I thought, okay, there's nothing to say about pizza, we found something to say about pizza, and that's the magic of this podcast. Yeah, there Phil goes again, wetting my beak. <laughs> <laughs> Don't frighten me of a good time. <laughs> Mother-in-law can't say no to you, crafty boy. Yeah. We'll sign up for crafty boy fest. I guess we'll take a left turn and, oh, I do not agree with Ashley. Salt and vinegar chips. Not not for me. No, thank you. I think just any kind of chips for myself. Doritos. Doritos is a good choice. Any kind of chips. Put them with some dip. I'm in. Yeah, I don't know if chips are like a comfort food for me. It's... 
it's like a, I mean, it's a cannabis food, right? Or it's like watching movie or something. But it's to me that it's just like it's one of those ones that I guess I've had to have it so much, and I eat them when I want to eat them. That it's just like it's just a nice snack. I've heard it's a big pregnancy craving food for a lot of women mm. is chips and certain kind of chips a dill pickle or like a strong flavored chip salt and vinegar oh. salt and vinegar is like a there's a party in my mouth and everyone's thrown up you like, all, you like phil, all dressed phil by the way we're talking about crisps i was so questioning that yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah no <laughs> I've I I have found in the store you can get the the party mixes of like five different ones all thrown in together because why not? Yeah, <laughs> and they are wild. Like every every handful is a different adventure. That's why they call it a party mix. Yes. And, and usually there's only like three out of the five that are actually good. Yeah, and no one sometimes eat, then you just end up with a bowl of pretzels. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, pretzels are usually the one that I can't understand why they made the cut. That's the only way. We got to get rid of these pretzels where we're not going to sell them on their own. So yeah. put them in with Cheetos and Sun Chips. Uh, moving on. So another Joe meant, well, wow, she's got a bunch here. Uh, pancakes, Oreo McFlurry, Kraft spirals mac and cheese with only butter oh like there's no no milk or so that's just that's just mac that's <laughs> just spirals no yeah and no, i don't i don't i've never had that before i always had uh, just plain pasta yeah. and butter i've heard of it never had but it. see and that's to me actually more of a definition of comfort food because it is like it's a little bit out there but it's something like that's my one thing so you know what good for you joe just don't ever make that for us please yeah with the with the pancakes part i'm i'm really into chocolate chip pancakes that's my comfort food like like no uh no uh syrup just the chocolate chips give the sweetness and then you don't even need a knife or fork just eat it like a sandwich and you're okay you're i'm to about to blow your mind lunt no way so first of all joe makes excellent pancakes second that's unrelated you take your pancake a yeah. little bit of butter okay brown sugar roll it up and <gasps> smoke it like a cuban yeah and straight down the gullet it is the only way to eat pancakes you got Dustin's really? attention. <laughs> yes. Next time you make pancakes for the family, brown butter, sugar. brown sugar, roll it up. And do you put syrup on that or is no, it brown sugar don't enough? Don't need syrup at all. It's just the I brown sugar. I would be sugar. willing to try that, yeah. yeah. Okay. You're all welcome. Learning stuff. Phil is just, oh. What Properly the, horrified. He's like, what the hell is pancakes? Yeah, Phil, do you- He can't do wait. You guys, do you guys eat, are pancakes uh, a big thing over They're in the probably UK? called like- You see, my like, question was going to be to Aaron. <laughs> are we talking like thick American pancakes because that's a choking hazard or are we talking like thin crepes? Because <laughs> <laughs> that I can see, but like a thick American pancake rolled up oh. and then with butter- I, I just, I can't get behind that. So it's like the little bit thinner, like homemade ones. But if you have a thicker pancake, instead of a roll, it becomes just like a double fold and more of like. <laughs> she's she's this studied is, the science yeah. of this. Yeah. You can do it with any pancake if you're determined enough. Phil, like, is there a different name for pancakes in England? Like floopity floops or something weird? Are we still talking about food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sadly, floopity floops haven't made it across <laughs> the ocean to here. No, it's um, it's pancakes or crepes. Oh, okay. It depends on how thick they are, but it's usually either one or the other. But as a first... random fun fact oh. that nobody asked for, um, that was the actual dish that I kind of won Natalie's heart with because her favorite food is banana and chocolate chip pancakes. And I made it for her every morning for breakfast in bed on a Sunday. Oh, and now we're getting married. Oh so God. there you go. 
Hopefully, like, Ash- were you hopefully t- Ashley had her ears plugged for <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> first, I was just about uh, to say that was the first boring answer you gave us, and you told that. But like, you were together when you like you didn't like woo her by making her pancakes every morning by like breaking into her home. <laughs> no, we were together okay, at that okay. point. Yeah, yeah. but that it was sealed the deal. Yeah, that basically yeah. sealed the deal from like, oh, this could be fun to. No, I kind of want to move halfway across the world. <laughs> uh, Josh says peanut M&M's, and I could not agree more. And to me, just a snack, but mm-hmm. not to say it, it can't be comfort is there, food. Yeah, but. is there a difference between a snack or treat or comfort food? I think they're all... Basically, anything that's not healthy to me is considered comfort food. It depends how sad yeah. you are when you're eating it. I think you get to decide for yourself what's comfort food or not. Okay, yeah, if you're well, eating because you're sad, then everything I've ever eaten is comfort food. <laughs> but. Michelle says burnt microwave popcorn. Oh, that's woof. Nope. Oh, no. So Michelle's a serial killer. Yeah, right that's... Michelle should seek help immediately. <laughs> yeah. Anyone that knows her should turn her into the police. Just, just no. the smell of it yeah. brings back like Ugh. you just knew you ruined that bag. Yeah. Like, and you, if you even overcook microwave popcorn by like five seconds, you just ruin it. Yeah. You have to have the perfect time, and then you still eat it, and it sucks. Yeah, yeah. It's Every not. Time. It's not nearly as good as the uh, movie theater popcorn. There's no way it can compare. But right. sometimes it'll be okay. So Michelle, thank you for your support, but you stay the fuck away from us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, we hope to hear from you in the future, Michelle. Don't <laughs> don't unfollow. Gourds says lasagna. I feel like that's just a good meal. Yeah, but it is. It's like a hot, like hearty. It's not good for you. It still is comfort food, and you just you just have to spend six hours making it. I have a question. Every food can be a comfort food. No. Yeah. Okay. We're just asking what people. Like a sal- could a are. salad be a comfort food? Yeah. I mean, if you really like it and you feel comfortable eating it, why couldn't it be? <laughs> it's, it's not a common one. Like these are the more common ones, but yeah, you're right. You, they could be, but I'm just not a big foodie, but a big cutie. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's the nicest thing you ever said. Yeah, I got to throw nice. them in. I'm going to cut it probably, but... <laughs> uh, Logan says Thai food. Like, I've had Thai food before, but what would be the, the main... Curry. Mm-hmm. Thai yeah. curry. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't curry be like Indian food? It is. Thai curry is like a red curry. It's really good. So I'm not a big foodie, but I know the difference between <laughs> Indian curry, like yellow curry and red curry. Was he right? You can have... Thai red curries or green curries, depending on the chili and the peppers that you use. But you are correct. I was only there using are, red. There is a big difference between Indian curries and Thai curries, but also a lot of North American curries. Well, the most curries that contain dairy are not Indian by standard. They are European. Hmm. Oh. Because when the spice trade was around and a lot of spices from India were brought over to Europe, they were too hot. And they were too flavorsome for the Europeans, so they added cream to dilute them. So chicken tikka masala, butter chicken, they're all European curries, which are hybrids of Indian curries. Uh, moving on to Kayleen, the last one, mashed potatoes. The potato is like, we don't deserve potatoes. They're so versatile. <laughs> right, really, it's French fries. It's, well, it could be vodka. It can be mashed potatoes, like tater tots. It goes on and like, you can do, you never like just think like sit and just grab a potato and bite into it. But <laughs> then you cook it and you can eat a whole potato in so many different ways. And I just, I appreciate that a lot. Potatoes well, are the MVPs of humanity. Yeah. That's like the, <laughs> wow. the way to look at it. What would we do if we encounter another potato famine? Like, are we screwed? 
Like, is it I game don't know over? Why, th- this is one of those things where you ask Ted questions, but he has no idea. I do not know potato <laughs> no. stocks of the world. You are you are the weirdest question asker ever. Well, I, mean, I will tell you if there's a potato famine, I will die yeah. of hunger. Yeah. It is 90% of my diet. I have done potato diets where all you eat is potatoes. So you're and meat- it's worked. I don't know how. Yes. Like, there's so much Because starch. potatoes on their own are quite low in calories. And if you use different potato varieties have a ton of vitamins and minerals and everything you need. And what about the eight pounds of salt you put on your potatoes? You need salt to live, Ted. <laughs> so you're a meat and potatoes type of girl. Just just potatoes. Hold, hold the meat. Yeah. The salt goes to her hair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that's it for our list. Do we, do, do we miss anything from uh, from anyone here that, uh, that you guys go to for comfort food one thing i like to do is if i have extra tortillas and shredded cheese is i just i just like since i was a kid cheese triangles basically a quesadilla but it's just throw a tortilla down put the shredded cheese another tortilla microwave it cut it up and eat it with ketchup it is like my number one favorite thing sorry phil i know that makes you cringe hearing something like that but nachos now they say yeah yeah. like who didn't throw nachos on a plate shredded cheese microwave Salsa. Yeah. Who's not going to have nachos watching the Super Bowl? Yeah. Probably a lot of people and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) That that was going to be mine as well. Like I eat nachos probably twice a week. Yeah. And and so like comfort food for me is like I work from home. So I go up for lunch and it's like, I don't want to eat these leftovers and and I don't want to make like, what am I going to make? And then I always just end up making nachos. (laughs) So... (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of how I deem the comfort food is like, what's your fallback? And the other one for me would be popcorn, uh, not the crazy burnt microwave popcorn (laughs) psycho. Michelle. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, Dexter. God, Michelle. (laughs) No, but uh, air popped popcorn is actually pretty healthy for you. Uh, but then we throw a decent amount yeah. of butter and mm-hmm. salt <laughs> and yeah. salt on it. But this uh, just this won't do. But it's <laughs> it's somewhat healthy. But yeah. uh, if you've never really gone the air pop train, it's pretty easy. I think we got we got Dustin and Ashley like an air popper one year for Christmas because they thought we made great great popcorn. But it was really just plugging yeah. in a machine. So. Hey, <laughs> Ashley, they they sell salt and vinegar. Uh, shakers for popcorn too. Oh, there you go. You psycho. Uh, one thing that wasn't mentioned for me was uh, beans and wieners. Just super simple. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Phil, wieners are, we call them hot dogs here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, you just get a can of beans and four, six, eight wieners and you chop, chop the wieners up into nice little <laughs> thin meat slices, pop it in the microwave for about two minutes, two and a half minutes yeah. and My then you're, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you're good to go. You know, you just explained a bean dish to someone from England. I just want to point that out. Wow, I was explaining a hot do- a hot dog dish. Lund, if you'll eat that. Wieners. You know what was weird yeah. for some reason? I always called it wieners and beans, and just you calling it beans and wieners made it sound so much weirder, and I don't know why. Really? Yeah. You made it weirder when you introduced the microwave to your hot dog. Oh, do you want, why me, you throw to, it in a do you want me to go uh, light a fire and cook it over throw a fire? Throw it in a toaster oven, maybe. What? Lund, if you eat that voluntarily, there is nothing on that wheel that Phil could have made that would have grossed you out. What wheel? (laughs) 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 Yeah, man. We're in the future. (laughs) Afterwards? No. I don't. What about about, like desserts, like ice cream or cupcakes or brownies or cake? 
I feel like those are all comfort foods. See, yeah, again, to me, like, I don't know, comfort food's like a, a meal almost. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. Man, I'm sure it is for many people, just no one who you, commented on her Instagram. You're telling me you've never had a cake for a meal. Oh, I probably have, <laughs> but I'm not saying it was a com- No, well, okay. Yeah, I can't argue that, actually. Yeah. I very often have cake for breakfast. Yeah, yeah. I just oh, don't, yeah. Breakfast. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, you're you're a whole different- I like how you do breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Lundy. It actually, you know what, uh, uh, in an effort there again to have less of me talking and uh, good job. And I promise there actually was no, like, I didn't give you the one, this one because it was food, but it, it worked because you like food. So that was it for Deer Call. Thank you as always to everyone who contributes to that. Uh, I was just thinking because we're right around Valentine's Day. Could have talked about the best love song, but I'll, I'll save that for later, I guess. So with that, this is big. We're moving into the seventh and final round of du- <laughs> that's yeah. It's also just the only line on my Tinder profile. <laughs> this is big. <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is big. Yeah, nothing like a lion right on the first line, eh? It is time to go. It's time to go into the seventh and final round of Dustin versus Walsh. Come on, Kev, you got this. Dustin versus Walsh is brought to you by Travis Kletke, chartered professional accountant and partner at Swainson Alexander, located downtown Red Deer, building connections through exceptional service and trusted professionalism, one client at a time. Learn more at SwainsonAlexander.ca. So again, the, the secret's out. This already happened earlier tonight as well, and I'm going to confuse the crap out of you again. We know we know what happens here. This happened across the street already as part of Phil's interview. Lund's getting so confused with the timeline, but now we are going to play you Dustin versus Walsh. So here we go. We're going to do a little bit of time traveling here. We are back with Chef Phil. It is the final round of Dustin versus Walsh. It is big. This episode's really going to be all about food. We talked a little bit earlier about British food and how it's got weird names. Uh, so really, Aaron's going to read off some names, 10 different foods, and then plus two tiebreakers if need be. Some are real, some aren't. And then we have Phil here to basically uh, give the answer to each one. So are you two ready to play meal or no meal? Oh, I <laughs> oh, love that. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. That was smart. I'm ready for my carriage ride. Yeah. And that's all I know. <laughs> that's my cue to leave. Good luck, Dustin. All right. First meal or no meal? Rumble to thumps. Rumble to thumps? Can you use it in a sentence? <laughs> Would you like to have some rumble to thumps for dinner? <laughs> meal. Meal. It is a meal. What the heck? So, rumble de fumps are a traditional Welsh side dish of mashed potatoes, fried leeks, and cheese that is baked under a grill. So, it has like a caramelized top. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, that sounds yeah. all right. Terrible name for something that sounds delightful. Number two, white pudding. Oh, I feel like they're trying to trick us. No, no meal. meal. It is, in fact, a meal. Uh, yep. So. Idiots. White pudding is the hybrid of blood pudding, which is using the bone marrow rather than the pig blood. Woof. <laughs> yeah, this comes back to that whole like. <laughs> okay, so blood pudding is actually blood? Yes. So, yeah, we call it black pudding, but it's blood pudding here, but it's actually made with pig blood. So, white pudding is made with the bone marrow of pork. Do you like it? I like blood pudding. Can't really get behind white pudding. Have you had Christmas pudding? Yeah. Is that also a thing where you put pennies in it here? I don't know. I hate it though. Okay. So there's like a, there's like a tradition in the UK that you make Christmas pudding and you put pennies in it. 
And then whichever oh, yeah. of your toddlers choke at Christmas, <laughs> they have good luck for that year. Oh, okay. That, went, that took it, a dark turn. <laughs> it's one of those things that you start off your year by choking on metal, but apparently it only goes up from that. I thought the joke was like you bite on the coins and it sucks. <laughs> not that you're trying to kill a child. Yeah, like when you say eat rocks, not kill the kid with pennies, <laughs> Phil. Number three, spotted dick. This sounds like an old guy. Meal. meal. It is a meal. Spotted dick is a steamed sponge pudding with sultanas in it. So there's the spotted part of it. I don't really want to ask where the dick part came from. Maybe a guy named Richard made it. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm hoping. Have you, seen, have you seen my wooden spoon? <laughs> oh, yeah, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew that one from Harry Potter. So. Number four, Bob's your uncle. Meal oh, the, or no meal? This could be a drink. Meal. meal. No meal. Tricked ya. Bob's your uncle is a abbreviation in British slang, which basically means there you go. So if I was to have a conversation with you and I said, I went down to the local pub, I had a couple of beers, I came home, that was my day, Bob's your uncle. Phil, Bob is my uncle. <laughs> it has a different meaning to you. It does, yeah. It's closer to home. I knew it wasn't because Bob is my uncle. I would have got that one. As long as you don't have a cousin called Rumble De Fumps, then you're all good. <laughs> Isn't that Steve's nickname? <laughs> <laughs> Only to certain people at certain times of the night. All right, I think we're still tied coming into number five. Kerfuffle. Meal or no meal? No meal. meal. It is, in fact, no meal. Oh, yeah. yes. I believe a kerfuffle is a fight, isn't it? It is, yeah. Hey. So if you have a couple of too many Guinnesses in a bar and someone looks at you weirdly, you can get into a kerfuffle. Yeah, I knew that. I still thought it was food, though. <laughs> Number six, murky drippings. Also served with spotted dick. <laughs> as long as it's not Uncle Bob, it's fine. <laughs> meal. It is a meal. Yep. So murky drippings is the old way that we used to say gravy, which is made with the pan juices, uh, some stock, some vegetables, and flour is added to thicken. And then it because of the flour and the gluten, it goes from being a clear liquid to a murky liquid. So it's the drippings of the pan, but it's murky. So murky drippings. I mean, that way that makes way more sense than gravy. Like, why don't we call it murky drippings? Because I feel like the name murky drippings should kind of say it enough why it shouldn't be called murky drippings. <laughs> like, thank God for like the North American rebranding of murky drippings. <laughs> All right. Four to three. Hank Marvin. Meal or no meal? Do you have an Uncle Hank? Nope. Nope. Oh. It's going to go either way. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help you out with this one, Kev. <laughs> meal. meal. No meal. No meal. Hank Marvin is a Cockney rhyming slang. So in the east of London on the dockyards, there was a different language made up of rhyming slang. So the police wouldn't know what you were talking about. So for example, bees and honey was money. Apples and pears were stairs. Hank Marvin is starving. <laughs> I can't take <laughs> the more can, can you can you just say like a full sentence using this? For example, if you were hypothetically planning to rob a bank, you would ask how many bees are in the room, how many apples to the top. I'm trying to think of some more now. Yeah, so you're trying to work out like how many rosas are gonna turn up. How much honey is Yep, how much honey will you get from the bees, what your take would be of it. If there, if somebody, for example, sitting next to you has bad body odor, they pen and ink. They stink. 
So it came from like that wasn't aimed at you. I promise. I swear. I did not take it personally yeah. until Wait, just I, now. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, do we need to start a like British streaking because it sounds adorable? <laughs> we could do like the Red Deer version of Peaky Blinders, but it would just be awful. I think Dustin would prefer West Side Story. We better keep this game going. I'm Marvin starving. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> You're out of the gang, Dustin. Yeah. I'm Hank Marvin. There you go. There it is. All right. We're still 4-3. Number eight. Periwinkles. Meal. No meal. 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 Periwinkles are small snail-like crustaceans that are found in the murky waters of estuaries. You give snails a name like periwinkles, but you call gravy murky drippings. This is backwards. <laughs> I do not like it. The more of these words that we say, the more I realize how closely Harry Potter is just based on every part of British culture. <laughs> you got them on the ropes. Let's go. Two more. Right. How many left? Okay. Five, three, two questions left. There is time for a comeback, Walsh. Number nine, laver bread or laver bread. No meal. meal. It is a meal. Yeah. And, and, it and the comeback is on. Laver bread is a Welsh dish of stewed and fermented seaweed. No. <laughs> Like I said earlier, poverty had a big part to play with the British cuisine of the olden times. Yeah. Poor people from 200 years ago. I'm sorry. I'm a Polish and Ukrainian. We came up with pierogies. Or oh, borscht. Oh, yeah. Not our <laughs> finest moment. You're putting a losing battle. <laughs> Moving on. All right. Time for question number 10. You yeah. can tie it up here. Frog in the ditch. Meal or no meal? No meal. meal. You cheating little bitch. I said meal. <laughs> and you lost the game. Yeah. I, I had to go opposite of him. Yeah. yeah. I waited. Your lips started moving and you didn't say anything. <laughs> oh, it's, it's not a meal? No it's meal. It's not. There is a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. Woohoo. Oh, I love British cuisine. Give me those murky drippings, baby. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt, but I don't think we'll sell many. <laughs> so frog in a ditch is a fake food, obviously, but the real food of the British cuisine is toad in a hole, which is a Yorkshire pudding and a sausage baked. So you put the sausage in cooked and then you add the Yorkshire pudding batter and then it bakes around it and it's toad in a hole. That's called pigs in a blanket here. That's uh, I'm just kidding, bacon, maybe, uh, but I, I didn't know how to break of, that one too. Kind yeah. of, kind of. I had you psyched out though. <laughs> Yeah, you're a food expert. Yeah, I'm a foodie. on the ropes at that point. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the only way I'm ever going to win anything on this podcast is through Dustin. But again, Phil, thank you for this. That was awesome. Uh, the reason we didn't spin the wheel yet is because some of those foods are on there. But now the last thing uh, we're going to do, I guess, before we throw I throw back to us in the studio is uh, we're going to go quickly. We're all going to spin the wheel and find out uh, in a couple weeks here what British food we have to eat. And God, I hope it's toad in a... Toad in a murky, whatever, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The last, the sausage thing sounds great. <laughs> Toads of murky drippings. After that game, I am terrified of this wheel. Yeah. 
I, I'm already going to regret be signing us up for this, but we have Spin Diesel here. But we did talk about how British food, a lot of European food is is weird. Mm -hmm. um, so it is. I'm sorry. I'm sure you think. Oh, Canadian no, I, I totally agree too, with you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we're each going to one at a time spin the wheel. And whatever we land on uh, in a couple weeks, you're going to prepare for us. And we have to sit down and eat it and, and hope that it's good, basically, and try to get through the whole thing. Yeah, I feel like it might be a bit more mind over matter on some of them. But I feel like the vast majority you could eat. I'm I not going like, to say enjoy. I'm not going to put enjoy. Question mark there. I'm not going to put enjoy on that and put my name to it. You could eat them. It won't kill you. All right. So that's like the benchmark. So this is Phil's wheel of it won't kill you. <laughs> so here we go. I'm going to go first. Uh, and there can are we going to there can be double ups too, or do we want to have everyone do something different? Something different. Something, something different. different. Okay. Here we go. Eaten mess. That you, sounds like what I'm going to be doing. That's like a... That's a do you want to know what an eaten mess is? Yeah, I mean... You'll love it. It's oh. meringue nests, so egg whites, whipped cream, and berries. Oh, I, I won. It's a dessert originally from the College of Eton, and it was made to celebrate the winning of the great rowing race between Eton College and Oxford College. Oh, I didn't know that you could win this game, but I just won. So uh, who's next? Well, I was really hoping for the whipped cream one, but I guess I'll... <laughs> There's no whipped cream fettuccine, sadly, but I, I don't know what I could do. Maybe you and me can collaborate on one of those. Okay, steak and kidney pie. Steak and kidney pie? Yeah. Yeah, it's beef, so it's not human. You're fine. But um, so steak and beef kidneys stewed with vegetables and then in a pie. Vegetables? <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Then you're fine. All right. Lund's losing so far. Bubble and squeak. <laughs> it's not mice or rats. Everything's all good. It's... Mashed potatoes. Hamster. <laughs> yeah. Small rodents. No. So it's mashed potatoes, cabbage, carrots, onions, all sort of pressed down into a pancake and then fried. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Len still loses. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, I want the spotted dick. Marmite. Are those the rats? <laughs> Marmite is a spreadable yeast extract. That's it's not good, Dustin. It's very dark in color, very malty sort of taste. Yeah, that face is pretty appropriate. Kind of like Vegemite, but the grandfather of Vegemite. So like the original and you guys improved. <laughs> so it's just like, a, it's like butter? Yes, Dustin. Yeah, sure, why not? Yep, 100%. No I'll one. put it on toast. I'll put no, it on toast. Put it on toast. Yeah, I'll me. put okay. Marmite on toast for you and you can you can try it. So is, is Marmite usually put on toast? Or yes, it's usually the way it's served. It's usually like a spreadable for like toast or sandwiches and that sort of stuff. I personally hate it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I can't believe this is butter. All right. Not sure how I got roped into this one. Pick a lily. So pick a lily is a vegetable pickle made with... Cauliflower, carrots, onions, green beans, turmeric, spice, a little bit of chili, and then it's set with cornstarch. Sounds delightful. Probably one of the better ones. Yeah, you'll just get like a little jar of pickle lily and got to eat it. Call it a win. Yeah, All right. easy. Yeah, you can do it. So one thing, Phil, is there, what, what is the worst thing on here? I don't think it got picked, but what is like the worst, just to point out the worst thing probably? I think if you want to go for the worst thing, it would probably be the steak and kidney pie for the texture. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, so we died. <laughs> what's the? <laughs> what's what would you say is the second worst? Is there anything else that's just like really weird and out there? Or? Um, probably the mushy peas would be second worst because they're probably going to be cold by the time we get to the studio. Oh, so you'd have to eat like cold mushed peas. Okay, well because uh, these guys gave me full creative control, make a, a serving of mushy peas that we'll all have Deal. as an appetizer. Deal. You guys are gonna love it. <laughs> I'll need something to go down with my. <laughs> <laughs> Steak and kidney pie. I really love peas. You won't. I don't know if you like these. What makes them so gross? They're mushy. Like they be. There's no real texture to them. We kind of cook them, boil them, and then we blend them. But we don't add any liquid to it, so it's like you have the skins of them, and yeah, a little bit like baby food. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Okay. So Aaron is going to eat the mushy. He was afraid to spin, but we volunteered her. Aaron's going to eat the mushy peas. Um, again, Phil. This was Phil's. Wheel of it's not gonna kill you. I don't know I th- if I sp- I'm speaking for Lund, Phil. Thanks for nothing. You are more than welcome. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> now now Woo! we're back here. Yeah. So Dustin, now he huge win. Maybe Lund, you lost that contest through Walsh. Plus, you have to eat a steak and kidney pie, which apparently, according to Phil, is the worst one. But Dustin, great win. Uh, that was a good battle because I think you were up two nothing, and then Walsh won three in a row. You won the the last two in a row, and you know what? It's just entirely like we can go do whatever we want now too for this date. Kevin is a great competitor, so yeah. I I I'm very proud to say that I beat him. And I guess this means I'm the podcast champion of the verses. Just saying. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it means. Yes. Yeah. For this year. Yeah. Now we just start over. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to my horse carriage ride, my movie, and my dinner at Bose. Look forward to taking my date to Ted and looking yeah. forward to get it paid for. Yeah. So- I can just drag you guys behind one of my horses. Yeah. So, and I can whip up some beans and wieners for you. For <laughs> to make this is all sounding terrible. Hey, you deserve it though. Well done. Good job, man. <laughs> Thank you. But so I man, now we got to think of a, a new game for the future. But not only that, now I guess maybe next time the contest is just. And I think I'm gonna win with my. What what did I get? The bird's nest. Like you, everything's so weird, Phil. I can't remember what I'm even eating. It, the dessert thing. I believe you got the eaten mess. Eaten mess. Yeah, that was my high school nickname. The eaten mess. <laughs> the mess. Something different. Phil, do any any of these dishes take a uh, quite a while to to cook? Or are they all really quick dishes that you can just whip up? It's probably going to be between the eaten mess and the steak and kidney pie because I've got to cook the meringue nest overnight for the eaten mess. But then I've still got to stew the kidneys and soak them in milk to purify them of the urine first (laughs) before I cook them. I can't even see his face, but I know from the back of his head. It's 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 a thing. You have to soak them in milk because then the the protein of the milk like pulls all the urine and all like the bad stuff out the kidneys before they were like before Uh, they were processed. Phil, forget the milk this time. Yeah, you had Lundy at urine. Mm. <laughs> I just, I like my steak medium rare. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for a treat, buddy. Oh, man. I, I didn't even compete in this contest and I still Jeez. felt like I lost. <laughs> you did lose. Oh, I know what I'll eat. I'll eat anything. Yeah, I can't wait. 
Yeah. <laughs> so before we go too far down the rabbit hole again, thank you, Phil, for all of that. All of our jumps back through time and, and forward again and that. But it was a fun episode. Thank you, Andrew, for being here as well. Uh, I think we had a, a lot of fun tonight. So uh, just final thoughts as we close out here. I'm just happy we met such a cool character in Chef Phil. Uh, obviously, we're moving into uh, some, Lundy would say, spring months here coming up. And my favorite times of the year is kind of that March to October. So I'm really looking forward to as, <laughs> as <laughs> yeah i hate fucking winter but anyways yeah I just, phil great to meet you tonight um thank you for the interview and and just want you to know i think you said you've been here about a year and a half plus six in the first week of february is not normal so we hope it sticks but don't get used to it yeah that minus 40 experience that usually lasts for about two months so you chose a good couple of years to come here. Hopefully, you can stick around for a few more. And uh, <laughs> yeah, Lundy's the the I'm, craft beer I'm man, the beer boy, the beer boy at his wedding. Looking forward to meeting the family <laughs> <laughs> and uh, having pizza in your mother in law's garden. <laughs> I have so much to explain to the family over one <laughs> night of meeting you guys. We have a craft beer boy. We have a pizza party going on in the backyard. I mean, it's been great to meet all you guys and it's been a pleasure, but I just, I'm going to have to buy flowers or something just to make it up for the craft beer boy that's coming to Banff <laughs> for the wedding. Oh, Banff. Oh, yeah. Score. <laughs> and I just want to thank um, Masterpiece Salon and Angie again for being so generous and wonderful and um, freshening up my hair in a way that I thought would stop me from ridicule, but I see nothing will change. Yeah. We we thank you too, Angie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so delayed. Thank you. Thank you, Angie, for fixing Aaron's hair so we didn't have to look at that mess <laughs> anymore. Uh, yeah, we'll wrap up. Usual spiel. You know by now, follow us on social media. Leave positive comments. Subscribe on YouTube. Huge thank you again, uh, Andrew Russell, for being here. Chef Phil, again, uh, that was a lot of fun. So thank you for everything. And uh, I can say thank you for the upcoming meal I'm going to have. Uh, Lund can't. But uh, as always, thank you to our presenting sponsor, Bose Bar and Stage. And a huge thank you to Ryan and Riley. So with that, thank you for listening, uh, making it through another episode. We hope you enjoyed this food themed episode and bon appetit. Yeah, toodaloo.